Who brings a level ten apon to the final fight <laughs> when they had well when they had an empoleon? This guy, a level fourteen empoleon, fifteen, fifteen empoleon. You traded that for a level ten apon. You mug. You bent to peer pressure so badly. This has been like the ultimate wind up. <laughs> no, I like it. I can see the vein on the side of your head. I'm doubting myself. Yeah. And welcome to Mystery Dungeons and Dark Rise, a Pokemon role-playing adventure and the tale of two young trainers and their journey together through the Yume region. I'm Code C and I'm your Dungeon Master. And I've only got one more time of saying that unless something goes really wrong. Yeah, should we just fuck it up so we have to do more? Yeah, more eps. No, I'll just kill you and we'll say. <laughs> just introducing new characters that are super OP. Uh, I'm Jack, I play Felix, a shy but stubborn boy who, whilst they're whistling up this very unsafe cable car, is questioning all of his life decisions after nearly murdering someone in the last episode, with all of about 5 HP left on that cable car as well. Yeah. I'm Chris, I play Chuck, son of an airstroying moved from Pewter City to the UA region, who very nearly killed a woman in cold blood. Yeah, we have to like... But talk... does he regret it? We have to talk you down. I don't know. I don't know right now. As we were saying on the walk back from the pizza place, we have to frequently remind ourselves that we're 10 years old. Our characters are 10 years old. I mean, you've grown up a lot over the last, like, let's say, 30 episodes. 10, 10 months that this journey's going to say how much, how long it was. Yeah, how long has, like, the whole of this arc from going to the professor's lab well, from the beginning to now? In my head, it's your 10, your 10 months. 10 months in. 10 months in. Okay. So you're, you're nearly, well, one of you might be 11. Oh, wow. <laughs> so... So, last, I think you, yeah, I think you yeah. should do the recap of this one, because a yeah. lot has happened in... Last episode, we started in the tunnels on the way to the cable car. That we started, fucking... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we got to the cable car, and there were minimal forces outside, but as soon as we mounted our attack, or you mounted your attack, more forces showed up, and we had some little challenges to do. There yep. was a lot of building destruction. Um, no one's going to the cable car underground station anytime soon. Nope. <laughs> nope. The buildings around the path that led to the cable car also got collapsed. Yep. Yep. Um, we left some of the big players trying to deal with that mess while you two went and fought Mary-Kate, Ashley and Alec in the cable car. You took Sam with you. It took a while, longer than I thought it was going to, but you managed to beat them. We did. And Sam managed to get the cable car working. By turning it on. Just so happened, just needed turning it on. <laughs> Top work, Sam. And then you were on the cable car, and you were going up the cable car, and you saw someone coming towards you. And then your cable car stopped. Everything opened up. Your cable car got blown to shit by a air slash. And Elizabeth was stood on the other cable car. A battle ensued. That hot, crazy bitch. And you nearly killed her you scolded her face she, she was burnt and blistered that would be very first but third degree burns chuck very much tried to get her to fall out of the cable car to a 440 450 foot i think it was death. more of a chuck tried to cause an accident yeah okay. the consequences of said accident were death death but then felix dangled her over the side 
Felix <laughs> Michael just... FOMO dangled her and inside. actually threatened to drop her. He wasn't intended I was to. never... Felix was never going to drop her. Yeah. Michael Jackson did. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Seen the video of when he had his kid, when he had his kid, and he dangles up the balcony for the couple of rats. Oh, it's like she's older than you. So <laughs> that, that doesn't work. So yeah, so you nearly killed Elizabeth, but you you stopped yourself from doing it. And then Elizabeth, pissed off as she was, tried to smash your cable car so it was going to fall. And very nearly, very did. nearly and did with one, a nat twenty. One hit with a one crit. critical hit left your cable car with 5 HP. So there was a bit of rough and tough. What would you have, what would you have done if he, like if that crit was like max power and had knocked it? Did, you have, a, a, did you have a contingency? No. 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 Well, you'd have had to have get caught by Momo and I'd have had to ascend out I'd, Charizard. Yeah. I'd have given you a couple of seconds. I'd have given you some time to react yeah. to the issue at hand. <laughs> but it could have gone very wrong. Well, that Thunder Punch from Houdini nearly killed me it did yeah oh yeah knocked me out uh houdini yeah. used thunder punch which then electrocuted everybody inside the cable guard it's made of metal and felix nearly died yeah then elizabeth nearly killed you both by trying to drop the cable car yeah to your death you ended up having to restrain the hodge grow so it couldn't hit Killers. again yeah <laughs> drag it inside the cable car block it inside the cable car. this is when things got a little weird yeah and then pummel it until <laughs> it literally danced it. literally yeah it danced with it um elizabeth got knocked out by miss magius hitting her yeah and you sent her cable car down and honchgrow is still on the floor yeah what of what you'll do with this honchgrow i'll oh, just leave it i don't know just leave it in the cable leave car it. send it back down let you freeze to death <laughs> some great predator will just pick it up some scavenger will just pick it up later some mandibus just random medic or something yeah and then you finish the episode continuing your journey up to mount coronet we are heading up the mountain so let's crack on i don't want to Nah, this is a good one I'm I, don't scared. Want to, I don't want it to end i'm fucking scared this is a good one Right, so you arrive at the mid-peak, which is more like three-quarters of the way up. Let's just remind ourselves that this is a Pokemon world. This isn't Kilimanjaro, so three-quarters up isn't like... You can get there with Cable Car. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, so you arrive... Just imagine. Otherwise, there is a part of this episode, if you can't just open your minds, that you are going to go... Well, it's not so bad, <laughs> but I mean, it's got to happen. So, you arrive at the three-quarter peak of Mount Coronet. The last half of your cable car ride, despite being very cold and rickety, and feeling like you're going to fall off, <laughs> uh, went off without a hitch. Go for that. And you step out of the cable car into the Mount Coronet Peaks cable car building. The cold wind whistles through the air and bites at your faces. And as you exit the building, you look out and get a full view of Sequoia City. What's popping off? It's all popping up in here. The destruction seems worse from up here. <laughs> Clouds of purple smoke spread across the city, and a number of fires have started, some only affecting the smaller buildings, but a few have started to creep up some of the skyscrapers that make up the city skyline. The whole city's on fire. What about the tower? You can see the dots of people fighting at the base of the cable car. But then, there's an explosion, <gasps> and something large and blue appears at the top yes. of one of the towers in the centre of the city. <laughs> you see Shelley's oddly small tentacle <laughs> struggle while latching itself to the top of the tower, its tentacles reaching out for a metal structure covered in white circular dishes. The sounds of metal breaking followed by an odd silence before a loud crash echo all the way up to where you're standing. Whoa! 
Did you see that? Fucking mental! <laughs> I'm sure glad I never got on the wrong side of that Shelly woman! And you turn around to see Flash, Dwayne, Takeshi, Cherry, Winston, Looker, and Kai nice. down the steps of the cable car building. So they, they got it out behind us then. <laughs> Suddenly, your watches start to rip. Ring, ring, ring. Phone call. Phone call, phone call. Can I see who it, who it is? It's Adam. Oh, pick it up, pick it up. Adam, 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 Adam. Guys, it worked. It really worked. They just stopped fighting. A lot of them didn't know where they were. And when they realised, they, they kind of started to panic. The Team Nightmare grunts are running away. They know it's over down here. Chuck just like, he cheers, starts whooping and like grabs Felix in a like little headlock almost and like scuffles his hair. <laughs> It probably throws up because he's got no HP there. <laughs> yeah, Phoenix dies. Phoenix endures the embrace, but then sort of wriggles himself free and goes, Adam, that's amazing. So, really, everyone's back to normal? It seems like down here, everybody affected by the waves or the, uh, the like, hypnotism seems to have snapped out of whatever trance they were in. But yeah, basically. Is everyone okay? Um... <laughs> that's a new... Yeah, it's a bit messy down here. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, we down a big tower. So yeah, yeah, we've got a lot of fires to put out. But we're yeah. I mean, yeah, it's messy. Okay. Um, Takeshi steps forwards because he's behind you now, and he says, "Adam, you need to secure the city. The people who were hypnotised, they're innocent. Don't forget that. Despite what they were forced to do, we need to help them the best we can." But Team Nightmare members, we can't let them get away. And Adam just nods. He's like, we'll do whatever we can. Good luck. And he hangs up. So your instincts were right. The tower was the right place to go. Cool. Nice. Good. Good shit. So guess she turns to both of you. Right. We need to get moving. And he looks up. We've got a long way to go before we get to the peak. Walks over, all worried about you. And he pulls out a little device. Oh. Similar looking device to the one that you saw on the Misty Islands. Beautiful. I was hopeful of this. He also pulls out two bottles of Moo milk <laughs> and says to you both, drink these. Felix's eyes turn into hearts immediately and goes, I've never wanted one of these more in my life. <laughs> How much HP do we get back? 50, 50 HP back. And your Pokemon are healed and their PP's restored. Hopefully. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, I've just hit his, oh. his mini Pokemon center. Once your Pokemon have been healed, the device that Kai had seems to kind of overload itself. And an electrical current covers it. And then a little bit of smoke just comes out the top. And Kai's just like, I was worried this was going to happen. Looks like I only had one shot. So don't expect me to do any more healing. There's some kind of interference on this mountain. It doesn't like electrical stuff. <laughs> so no changing from this point on. Uh, no calling anybody. Take that as you will. Yeah. Okay. After taking the Moomoo Moo Milk in and after seeing his party, even the members that are out with him look instantly refreshed. Felix feels ever so slightly more relaxed. Relaxed is a very loose word. He's not relaxed at all, but he's trying to put that facade over. Felix then turns to Takeshi and says, is that it then? One route up the mountain? Um, Takeshi sort of says, if I'm being honest, I, I have, if I'm being honest, I don't know how to get up there. 
Uh, we're going to have to do some exploring and try and find a route. Okay. Chuck gazes up at the peak and he's starting to shiver a lot. Pulls his snow jacket out of his backpack and starts to put it on. Releases Apon from his Pokeball and puts his scarf on him, his silk scarf on him. So he like, unfixes the grabby grabby. He says, yeah, let's let's try and look for, maybe there's like a route. You know, it was used as a temple once. There might be like a footpath or some stairs or even you know, some kind of way up. There must be. We didn't used to fly up there, right? So I'll, I'll do some sort of check, I guess an investigation check. Around you can look around. Let's reception. Yeah, uh, perception's fine. The natural nineteen, so it's going to be uh, twenty-three. So the viewing point of Mount Coronet is like a ledge, kind of like on the side of the mountain that's made from the rock of the mountain. Yeah. And all that's up here is a viewing platform, the cable car, and a cave entrance with a ticket booth outside with a sign saying, "See the glistening caves of Mount Coronet, just two hundred poyen." But it's shut as a closed. Mm. And uh, it looks like it's not been open for a long time. Damn, best get back down there then. Mm. Sorry, we, we tried. Oh well. Keep an eye on uh, Pokey Twitter. Yeah. See what comes up. Okay, I think. Is there anything, are there any other obvious paths other than into the cave? No. Okay, I think that's going to be the way we need to go. Yeah. We can, if it's a dead end, it doesn't matter. We come back out, we go up again, we find another route. Yeah. It's worth going into the cave. So let's, uh, so Chuck's looking around and sees this, sees the sign, sees like the entrance into the cave and says, well, there must be some way through in there. Come on, I say we check it out. Everybody is like, we'll follow your lead. So you enter the cave and you see a man-made footpath that leads into the dark. The area around you illuminated by the fire produced by Winston. Felix will help out the illumination by recalling his current party and I'm going to release Maximus. Cool. Nice. And I'm also going to have Pratchett out. Okay. Because he's got 200 foot tremescents, so we can kind of maybe map some things out if we need to. Nice. Chuck's going to send out uh, Rowdy for True Sight, just making sure we're not stepping through anything trap related. Okay. Like it. So the air is very, like, damp, and there's an odd metallic smell that seems weirdly natural and after what seems like 10 to 20 minutes you start to see something twinkling in the distance it seems to get a little brighter with every few steps you take eventually you enter a cavern illuminated by thousands and thousands of twinkling rocks and you hear a collective gasp from everybody except kashi who like you has seen this site before in the kusane mines you can hear the trickling of water and notice a small rocky stream flowing through the centre of the cavern. Water droplets falling from the tips of various stalactites that hang from the ceiling, making more puddles on the floor around the stalagmites coming out of the floor. Chuck's taking a look around the cavern and like you said, he's not he's not massively overcome by the sight because he has seen it before. It's obviously still like an awe-inspiring sight, but at the moment he's just focused on trying to work out like where do we need to go where you know what what's around so can we see anything else that would indicate any kind of path was it just like an open expanse of just illumination from the rocks it's kind of like an open expanse of the illumination but if you want to like look around with yeah things then we'll roll it and i'll tell you what you find out okay sweet yeah felix will kind of as the rest of the group are stood in awe like you say look you know like, oh wow everything going on chuck and felix kind of split off ever so slightly from the main group one going left one going right just to try and see if there's any openings any paths any crystal skulls that we can get i don't think chuck sees much because he rolled a, th a six 
<laughs> is it an investigation or is it a perception? Go investigation. Investigation. Glad that you said that. Uh, 24 for Felix. Okay. Uh, here we go. <laughs> um, so you are walking around the cavern for quite a while. It's a very big room. But while everyone's searching around, Felix and Pratchett... Yeah, Felix is kind of walking with his hand on his shell. So it's kind of a technique they've developed over time that if Pratchett feels something, he'll sort of shake a little bit, like yeah. like a homing beacon kind of thing. So Pratchett starts to shake a bit and leads you off to one of the far ends of the cavern where you see a large, roughly made tunnel that is hidden in the shadows. Okay. Mm. How far away is everyone else from me? Uh, like, can I just shout and they'll hear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you shout, it'll echo. Okay, cool. So Felix kind of cups his hands around his mouth and goes, Guys, I found something! And found some, found something. Maximus kind of lets out a very small flamethrower, like a little, not like a big flare, but just like a little like beacon, just to be like, just to like get their attention. As it glistens and lights up the whole of the the cavern. Okay. Well, all the NPCs run over. As does Chuck. So, as you, as the rest of them approach, the tunnel seems a lot larger and rougher than the tunnel that led you into the cavern. And Takeshi reaches you first and he sort of stands there just staring at this tunnel quizzically. He's inspecting it. He says, this passage looks like it was made recently. Well, not recently, but like, you get what I mean. And he steps back and looks at the tunnel in a bit more detail. As, I don't know, guys, this seems a bit like a trap. Well, you lead the way, Takeshi. You are the champion, so... <laughs> That's because it is one. I know that, boys. And from the darkness in front of you appears Sig and Freud. Yeah. Here we go. Oh, sharp as ever, I see. Sharp as ever, I see, Takeshi. And, yeah, Sig and Freud step out into the light. Fuck. Surge's not equipped. Ghost types. Well, Takeshi instantly goes into a bit of a rage. I'll make you pay for what you did to my city. And he grabs a Pokeball from his belt. Dwayne doing the same. Freuder, I assume. Your son caused a lot of trouble in the Misty Islands. And seeing as he's already been taught a lesson, and he gives you a little wink, which you don't see because it's really dark, <laughs> I'll have to teach you a lesson instead. Oh, you're cute. But what makes you think that you'll get a chance to fight us? You'll be too busy dealing with Sam. And she nods as though telling you all to turn around. There is a roar and a loud as a jet of flame erupts from the top of the cavern. And falling from the darkness appears a Pidgeot and a Charizard that both do a loop of the cavern before landing behind you. And with two thuds, their trainers jump off their backs. Takeshi lets out a small groan as you look out to see red and blue. Oh. So the taking the tower beacon down didn't have any effect on them. They must have been taken, they must have been like hypnotized by Darkrai. Chuck, Felix, we'll be waiting for you. That is, if you have any time left. And the two of them sink back into the shadows. Takeshi looks at the two of you and he says, and while you look at each other, he's like, we don't really have time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
or at least you don't have time yeah. for this. Can we We're fuck not, off? We're not fighting red and blue. No, we they, they, would deplete, they would kill us. We're going after Sigmaroider. Yeah. yeah. Felix looks at Chuck. They exchange a stare and nod at each other in unison. He goes, you guys take care of these two. We, we've got bigger fish to fry. Chuck's <laughs> almost like a death sentence. Chuck says to the sketch, just, just, just buy us as much time as you possibly can. Um, Flash, who I'm not sure if you knew he was there, but he's appeared. He popped out of nowhere. Yeah. Don't worry, me and Dave will sort him out. Felix <laughs> <laughs> just fist bumps and jumps in the air. Yeah! With Dave. <laughs> yeah. And Flash pulls out a Pokeball and releases his Dragonite. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be right behind you. And he gives you a wink, which again you don't see because it's really fucking dark. So Takeshi, Dwayne, Flash, staying to fight red and blue, and Kai. And Kai. Okay. Yeah, Kai turns to you and he says, "You guys are okay. Like we've sorted you out. Yeah. I should probably give these guys a bit of a backup. Yeah. And he pulls out a Pokeball and sends out a Wigglytuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. me. No. Oh. Cherry steps towards you with Winston. And she just says, I'm, I'm coming with you. I was here when you started this journey. I want to be with you when you end it. And Looker comes over as when well. he's like, I'm coming as well. Cool. I thought they would be the two that came with us, to be honest. Chuck nods at the mouth and says, come on, let's follow this path. Get after them. You enter the tunnel, leaving Takeshi, Dwayne, Kai and Flash. As the darkness surrounds you, you hear a number of Pokemon cry out and feel an intense heat biting at your heels. The tunnel starts to incline and you feel your muscles burning in your legs as you turn a corner and see a dot of light as the ground starts to flatten out again. Ooh, okay. For continuity's sake, let's just say that you were quite near the top and you didn't realise it. Because I'm not building a fucking Victory Road style cave. Without time for that. It takes a while, but eventually you burst out of the tunnel and your breath steams up as the bitter cold hits you like an icy wall. You look around and you see you are in a familiar spot. You stare out for the second time, sort of, across the whole of the Yume region. But this time, the clouds aren't blocking most of the landscape, and you can see the entire south of the region all the way out to the Misty Islands. Wow, it's cold up here. I've got to tell you, I, th I, th I thought it would take us longer to reach the peak, but I'm not complaining. <laughs> well, I might complain about the cold. And Winston takes a few steps closer to Cherry to warm her up. Where? Oh, English. Yeah, where are we? Winston's talking to you. Winston reporting. And you turn around to see that you are standing at the bottom of a set of steps that lead up to what look like the ruins of an old temple. Sig and Freuder are standing at the top with a smile and they both turn and move up the last few steps and out of sight. <laughs> Felix catches his breath just like that after going up this uh, this incline. He looks at Chuck, looks at Cherry, looks at Looker, looks back to Chuck, goes, this is it, buddy. Chuck turns to Felix and feeling himself trying to catch his bre own breath because the air is so much thinner up here as well. The cold just sort of biting all the way through his snow jacket. Just turns to look at Felix and his, you can see Pratchett next to him. Rowdy next to uh, on Chuck's right, right, and sort of just grabs both, uh, puts two hands on each of his shoulders, and says, "Look, it's you and me, buddy. We kind of know we've already done this before, but I know it's different this time. But we've just got to believe in ourselves, believe in our Pokémon, and believe that whatever Mew saw in us, we repay that faith, and we can do this. So whatever happens, 
look. Hey, it's been a blast. Been a blast. <laughs> oh, Felix nods and kind of holds back some tears. Like they don't start to fall, and like you don't visibly start to see them fall. But inside, he's doing everything he can to sort of tense up and stop them from coming. He grabs Chuck's arm that has the tattoo on with his arm that has a tattoo on and flips them over so they're both sort of pointing at each other. And he goes, exactly. We wouldn't have come this far with these powers given to us for nothing. <laughs> I mean, I never thought I'd spend two days with someone, let alone this long. There's no one I'd rather have by my side than Pratchett, my team, and you. But then first. But then first. <laughs> we got this. And then before Felix turns away to go up the stairs, he reaches into his bag to get out three sweet, like, items <laughs> from his bag. And sort of ushers Chuck to do the same and goes, don't think we'll get another chance to use these. Or maybe not in any meaningful way anyways. Um, so, obviously you gave us these three rare candies. I did, yep. Takeshi gave them to you for this exact reason. Yep. So as soon as Felix reaches into his backpack and starts to rustle the wrappers of these sweets, shock horror, Houdini's Pokeball starts to vibrate and it bursts open. Of course it does. These Stand there. She stands there yeah. without saying anything and is just mouth open, pointing, going, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> and Felix goes, Do you know what? You've been such a big help recently. Here, have two. Can I give two rare candies to Houdini? Okay. What a meal. She takes delicious meal. He takes them up to level 14. Nice. And I already have Maximus out as my warmth and light bearer and not wanting to make him feel left out i'm going to give the other one to maximus to take him up to level 15. okay chuck just got his entire party out just checking them all over basically just oh no i'm not going to use them all that much chuck's newest feat is <laughs> three times better than you felix <laughs> checking them all over making sure they've got all the right items and everything equipped and just kind of just looks at them all and says i just want to say like whatever happens here just just thank you come on guys Let's do this. Who have you given your rare candy stick? Uh, I gave one to one to Boomer, one to Apom, and one to Mako. <clears throat> so you head up the stairs. Yes, I'm going to decide that I'm going to have Maximus and Pratchett as my active two. Okay. Uh, well, I'm going to have... I feel, yeah, pr Pratchett, obviously, because he's my partner Pokemon, and he's been there through everything. I mean, the Ma post just says Boomer, so... Yeah. Hmm? Post says boom. Just says glowy boom, and then yeah. And yeah, I was, but I was gonna do it. And Maximus because hatched him from a little Magby, and now he is my joint strongest Pokemon. You did well. You I really did. did. Yeah. 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 Just in the back of your mind, you just hear Junior going, "Go on, Daddy." Prepare the other. Daddy, go on, Daddy. Do I look like your Daddy? He's just there, like in spirit with Gram Gram. <laughs> Gram Gram dead. That's right then. Neither's Junior. Yeah, I know. That's what made me a bit worried. And like these airing spirit, like Very can like can just like feel. like the end of Happy Gilmore when he's got Chubbs, the crocodile, and Jesus. Just the force ghost. The force ghost is possible. Go to the Dagobah system. <laughs> what? Oh, the wrong franchise. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So you climb up, climb up the stairs, climb up the steps once again. As you reach the top of the steps. The scene has drastically changed since the last time you were here, and there seems to be a faint electrical humming in the air. The temple itself is in ruins. 
and large metal constructions have been placed at various points around it. In the centre of what was the temple stands Sig and Freude, either side of an odd-looking tablet, not made out of stone, but some sort of hard synthetic. The image on it is one that is all too familiar, and you can even see the cracks where each piece was made separately and then pieced together to match the original, which was, like the rest of the temple, destroyed in the last battle that took place here. At the bottom, man and monster stand below a line of trees opposite each other. In the centre of them, two men and two monsters stand alone. On one side, a crescent shape sits below a set of stars, and on the opposite side, a white circle sits below more stars. Between the two is the same crudely carved image of Mew, and at the top, a circle sits in the middle, with four lines in a cross pattern connecting it to two larger semicircles, almost like a wheel with a cross running through it. It's amazing, isn't it? Something that was lost so long ago, recreated in its original image, to tell the story of the heroes of old. And Cherry gasps, holding her hands to her mouth in disbelief. You're surprised you didn't notice it sooner. Placed to the side of the temple, obscured by the pillars and the metal structures. But there it is, a large circular metal platform. With all the screens, it looks like one large computer station. And on the platform, you see Professor Oak, Mallory, Felix's dad, and one other person standing next to an old-looking hypno with their back to you, a hood draped over their head. They turn around, slowly pulling the hood of their Teen Nightmare jacket down to reveal themselves. Chuck and Felix. I'm glad you're here. After all, none of this would be possible without And Professor Acer... I fucking knew it! Fucking knew it! ...opens his arms wide, almost welcoming you. Vindicated him out of times, he said. He's dead. No, he's dead. No, he's dead. I don't know where you went, Brummy. How is... how is this possible? And then look appoints you? Yeah. Acer. Thoughts. Ooh, <laughs> oh, oh, love it, love it. Yeah, all this time, all this all time, time it was him. It was him from the shadows. I'm surprised to see you though, Cherry. Don't tell me they dragged you here all the way from my old lab. Do you like my new one? And he sort of opens his arms again. It's a bit smaller. But with the right help, it gets the job done. And you notice three large spherical tanks standing to one side of the platform. Inside the first two, you see Darkrai and Cresselia, covered in a metal-like armour that you saw in the cavern under the Sky City. In the last tank, you see Mew. But only some of Mew has been covered. And as you stand there, you see Felix's dad, Harry, operating some controls near the tank and a metal arm slowly lowers itself and attaches something to Mew before letting go and rising back to the top of the tank. I must say, I wasn't expecting you here so early. And Acer shoots a look at Sig and Freude, who both turn their gaze back to you. But it can't be helped. My plan is almost complete. At least you are here to witness it. 
Chuck is just rage palpable at this point, just like raises a shaking sort of finger and fist at, at Acer and says, It was you! All this time, it was you! And, and for what? You murdered friends and family and you faked your own death? You set us out on our journey? And for what? For all of this? What are you setting out to achieve here? Like, what is this? Felix is in a stunned silence. Like, he's been brought up that Pokemon professors are good people. Like, the good person. In every sort of region, they're the person that good people look up to. And he's just in a complete stunned silence at this point. Rooted to the spot. Similar to how he's been previously, but his hands are just clenched into fists, his fingernails digging into his palms, and he's just staring a searing glare at Acer, and also keeps flicking towards his dad as well, like, what the fuck are you doing there? Chuck says, he's still going, still like ranting at him, he says, we're gonna put a stop to all of this, you'll see. And as you say that, Sigmund and Freud are sort of grasp Pokeballs in their belt. And Acer sort of holds her hand up and he's like, easy, easy. And Cherry just still shocked. Winston stood next to her like, just mouth open, just like, what the fuck? And she's like, but why? Why? Like, how? How is this, how is this even possible? Acer sort of turns around and he just looks at Cherry with a weird, weird, like, smile on his face. And he sort of just says, well... Seeing as we've got time, let me tell you my story. The bad guy monologue, here, here we, we go, go yeah. <laughs> Many years ago, I grew up here, in the Yume region. I was obsessed with Pokemon. All I wanted to do was be around them. So when I was given my first Pokemon, it was like all my dreams had come true. And over the next few years, we travelled all across the Yume region together. And on those travels, I learned a lot about the region. And I happened upon a tale of a great war, and two heroes and their Pokémon that managed to stop it by calling upon the power of the great creator, Arceus. The fact that Pokémon and humans could be at war with each other astounded me. And it was this that led me into an interest in Pokémon behaviour and instincts. What made them want to fight with humans? It was unheard of in these times. And it was that question that then I found myself in contact with an upcoming Pokemon researcher from the Kanto region, who was also interested in the behaviour and relationships between Pokemon and humans. And so I packed my bags and my partner and I travelled to Kanto to meet and work with Samuel. For years we worked together, helping each other's studies. But one day, my partner contracted a rare disease. A disease that caused it to become very powerful too powerful. It evolved on its own accord and it became hostile towards others and even me. And one day it attacked me. I was in the hospital for a month recovering. And when I got out, nothing was the same. I dedicated my adult life to researching why the relationships between humans and Pokemon broke down all those years ago. And then it happened to me. I couldn't continue with my field research. So instead, I helped from the lab and together, Oak and I got our professorships. But once it was done, I had nothing. My field research days were over, my partner Pokemon couldn't be trusted out of its Pokeball, and I was ready to pack up and go home. When I received a job offer from a man called Dr. Fuji. He'd just been given the money to start a new project on Cinnabar Island to study the DNA of a mythical Pokemon. This mythical Pokemon, actually, and he points towards the third tank behind him with Munich. With nowhere else to go, I accepted his offer. 
and I moved to the lab on Cinnabar Island, and it was there that I learned all about Mew. You see, Dr. Fuji had been tasked with cloning Mew, using the DNA found from all over the world, and the sample that came across my desk, well, I bet you can guess where it was found. I'd heard of stories of the protector of Greenwood Forest since I was a child, but I never thought that Mew had actually ever been to my homeland. Well, I continued my work for Dr. Fuji, and in the end, we were successful. We cloned Mew. But not just that, we improved it. We called it Mew 2. <gasps> and it was magnificent. But again, it could not be controlled. We tried everything. I even made the prototype for the control armor while I worked there. But eventually, Mewtwo turned on us. He destroyed the lab, and most of the workers died in the attack. So again, I was attacked by an out-of-control Pokemon. I packed up what I had left, and I moved back home to Zestora Town, where I set up my lab. And, as were the duties of my professorship, I started helping new trainers get their first Pokemon, and it made me feel sick. Knowing I sent kids out there into the world with a beast that could at any moment get out of control and attack them. I kept thinking about the war between humans and Pokemon and how, if anything like that ever happened again, we would be powerless to stop them. I wanted to know how the war was stopped. How it was actually stopped. It's amazing what a lab coat and a professorship will get you in this world. I was let into places I couldn't have dreamt of as a young academic like the Kuso Castle Library. And there I learned of the prophecy and the heroes of old. And it was then that I came up with a plan. The heroes of old persuaded Arceus to stop the war. And Arceus had the power to stop the fighting. So what if I could find a way to harness the power of the great Arceus? I could stop something like that from ever happening again. No trainer would ever have to face the fear I did when my partner turned on me. I reached out to some of the trainers that I had heard had been attacked by Pokemon on their journeys, and that's where Team Nightmare was born. But my professorship was taking too much of my time. I needed an out, so I had an idea. Have Team Nightmare fake my death, and that would allow me to focus my efforts on this. I had just two last trainers to give starter Pokemon to, and I was done. And then my old friend, Professor Samuel Oak, drops by out of the blue. And I thought to myself, what a gift. The leading professor in Pokemon and human relations shows up on my door the day before I was to go into hiding. It was almost too good to be true. Little was I to know that another miracle had fallen into my lap. A month later, I got a notification about a legendary Pokemon sighting on two of the Pokedexes I'd given out. And not only was it in an area that I'd sent Sig here to investigate, it pings with a Regirock and a Mew. I knew enough about the legends of this region to know that Mew does not appear for just anyone, and so my interest in your journey increased. I followed your journey right up to the point where you attacked our base of operations, and he turns to Cherry. I'm assuming you were the one that cut off my stream to their Pokedexes. Well, by that point it didn't matter. I knew who you were, and I knew that I needed you here. From that point it was just about arranging the puzzle pieces so they fit together. And so, here we are, right where I wanted you. Now if you'd excuse me, I have some final preparations to deal with. Sig? Freuder? I need them contained and alive. And Acer pushes a button on one of the consoles, and with a loud hiss and a click, two of the spherical containers swing open, and Darkrai and Cresselia float down. 
stopping when they reach Sig and Freud. So Chuck, Chuck towards the end of this speech, he he's smirking and then he just starts laughing. He says to Ace, he says, for someone who is supposedly so well learned, you know so little about what you're doing and what you think you're doing. You're so wrong. It wasn't Arceus at all that ended the fighting. It was the passion formed between two men and two Pokemon. And you have this so backwards. Ace and Luck, the, the passion. What would a young trainer like you know about any of this? Passion doesn't stop a war. Power does. Well, <laughs> let's see what's stronger then. Felix looks up at Acer and says, You know, we've come across a lot of people on our journey. A lot of good people, a lot of bad people. And I think, deep down, you're not a bad person. Your ultimate goal, to have people not hurt Pokemon, Pokemon not hurt people, is a good one. But you're going about it in all the wrong way. Acer just shakes his head in disbelief and just turns his back on you. And Cherry is just... You can see the tears starting to form in her eyes. She's like, I don't believe you. You're not the professor I know. How could you do this? You're crazy. You're, you're a monster. And Acer ignores them. And he just flicks his wrist in her direction. And the Hypno steps forwards, swinging its pendulum. And Cherry is lifted off the ground and thrown into one of the stone pillars. Cherry! Cherry! And the flames on Winston's head <laughs> as he lets out a cry that is just filled with rage. And before you know it, Winston has just disappeared and reappeared next to Acer in the console, his fist glowing white as he punches Acer. <laughs> Only his fist stops still and a pink glow forms around the console and a wry smile creeps on Acer's face. You're cute. And then Winston is thrown backwards, skidding along the ground before a pink aura appears around his head. Winston grabs it and lets out another scream, but this one full of pain, before he falls to the floor, KO'd. Fuck! What the fuck? Looker runs over to both of them, kneeling next to Cherry, and then looks at you two. He, he doesn't know what to do. It's very useless, isn't he? <laughs> I told you. He's only here because he started the investigation. Ace is still looking at the computer console, at Oak and at Mallory and at Harry, and just says, Now that's dealt with, Sig, Freuda, and Sig and Freuda take a step forwards. Well, this didn't go well for you the last time, did it? Let's remind you who you're really dealing with. Felix looks in their direction, says, Don't fuck with me. I've got the power of God and anime on my side. <laughs> God and anime on my side. With the grab, he's got like a grabby grabby in his hand as well, doesn't he? Chuck steps forwards and looks at Cresselia. Kind of just puts his hand out in front of him, just trying to trying to rouse anything inside it that might recognise him and just, just sort of closes his eyes and almost just tries to form that empathic bond that he knows he's got with her. Something tickles the front of your mind, but as you reach out, it's just, it's like blank. It's, there's, 
it's almost just like a black light. Are they in like full armor, by the way, or are they in? They're full armor. Oh, yeah. Felix is just a complete mess on the inside. Like his brain is going a thousand miles an hour. He's almost sort of frozen in like a fight or flight response and he doesn't know which way he's going. At the moment, he's just sort of frozen. Seeing Chuck reach out to Cresselia, looks like he's reaching out to Cresselia. He breaks out of his stance and does the same towards Darkrai, assuming he gets the same response. Just a bit of a tickle, but nothing. He sort of goes, I've just about had enough of you team nightmare last time it wasn't a fair fight and he swings his head over to chuck let's show him what we got buddy we got this boomer's claws are just like etching her way into the ground just tense all of the muscles on her body are tensed the flame on her tail just starts to engorge and just smoke coming from her nostrils just stares down sigmund freuder and they take a step forwards initiative rolls oh it Nine. Twelve. So, Sig sends out his Gengar. And Freuda sends out her Alakazam. Oh. Hmm. Okay. Where, where are Darkrai and Cresselia running? They are behind Sig and Freuda. Right, okay. We're in. Let's go. Who you got? So you've got your... I've got Pratchett and Maximus. Yep. Boomer. Okay. So, Sig points at Pratchett and sends Gengar in with a sludge bomb. Gengar's going to move forwards about 10 feet. He's going to go up in the air by 10 feet as well. Okay. He's going to fire off a sludge bomb. Okay. 25 to hit. Shockingly, that hits, but... Are you going to go for him? Do it. Reroll that. Do him. Because we are at the peak of the mountain, so our arms are just like multicoloured flashing. Yeah. So you're going to reroll. 18. Still hits. So Gengar flies up and lets out this big ball of black sludge that just covers Pratchett like a whale that's been stuck in an oil spill. <laughs> and the sludge drips down off Pratchett and in a five foot circle around its feet just sits there. 40 poison damage. Come again for Judge Fudge. 4 0. 40 poison damage. That was such a big hit. That is oh, a big wait. hit. How far forward did the Gengar come towards her? 10, Ten feet. So he's about, about 40, 40 feet away. Good. Okay. Boomer, Boomer seeing Gengar land this first blow, flies forwards about 20 feet. Her claws just starting to glow this iridescent purple. They actually extend out about 20 feet in front of her. Slashes down at this Gengar. She's going in with a Shadow Claw. That's not going to hit, so I'm going to re-roll that. A 19 to hit. Hits. Come on. So does 38 Ghost Damage. Gengar. Hoping to get that crit. So, I need to do my con save first. Uh, 27. Pass. So you're not poisoned. So Pratchett hasn't really moved. Despite getting covered in this sludge and surrounded by it, his feet are still grounded to this temple. He doesn't absorb any of the disgusting sludge that's been chucked his way. Maximus takes offence for him in this situation and <laughs> steps forward in front. Well, 
in front but slightly to the side so Pratchett can still fire off attacks but he covers Pratchett's right hand side. Not Uncle Pratchett. Not Uncle Pratchett. Magmortar looks at the Alakazam and with a bit of a wry smile starts walking towards him to about 10 feet and he raises his cannon towards him and for all intents and purposes you think he's going to let off a flamethrower but as he fires off a purple wisp sick comes out of his arm instead i'm gonna re-roll that three that's better 21 to hit it you are now confused ah he learns confused right very good someone's been studying my moves <laughs> two rounds confused okay okay that's good alakazam moves forwards and the end is turned brilliant chuck alakazam moves forwards 20 feet staring at Magmortar after taking that confused ray and he's trying to like his vision's going a bit and his moustache feels really itchy <laughs> and he is going to attempt to use a hypnosis <laughs> roll for confusion mm-hmm. he's horribly fucking confused yeah and he come on crits himself in the get yes. in or he would do if he was using an attacking move yeah, you can't even put himself to sleep because he's confused. I don't know. Uh, he, he, he can. He, he, he won. He's definitely put himself to sleep. Yeah. Get that. Now, Gengar obviously is a bit... What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't quite expecting that. Yeah, he, just out of the corner of his eye, sees Alakazam put himself to sleep, thinking that is that wasn't the plan. Um, and Sig, not really noticing and focused on the two of you, just shouts for him to use a shadow ball. This one we're going to aim at Boomer. Boomer is flying around. See if she can dodge it. Twenty-two. Uh, and Boomer glows white as Gengar has to try and hit again. Twenty-nine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So the shadow ball flies towards Boomer, hitting it as it glows white, and then doing like a 180 in midair, and then just hitting Boomer again, straight in the chest. Ooh. And it's going to do 27 ghost damage. As it hits Boomer's chest, the black ball expands and covers Boomer and obscures her face. And she's going to get minus two to hit on any attack made before Gengar's next turn. Okay, Boomer's up. Her attention snaps over towards this sleeping Alakazam, thinking, easy prey. Boomer's going to rear her head back and she's going to try and just send as powerful a fireball this with a flamethrower as she can. So with advantage because it's asleep, 26. It will hit. going to hit. It's going to do 34 fire damage on the Alakazam. And you can see his moustache just starting to singe on the end. Uh, and then Chuck's arm goes blue, and Boomer's gonna get some health back. He gets nine health back. Sig and Broider both look really confused by the tattoos emanating different colours and things not happening in the ordinary. Okay. I just feel like they would be. Okay, you're cool. like, what the fuck is going on? That's fine. Because they don't know about this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Seeing Boomer take flight and launch a flamethrower at the Alakazam, and seeing that it is still asleep, Felix turns his attention to the still very alive and still very alert Gengar that's not been hit yet. And Felix looks at Magmortar, who turns back to look at him and gives him a wink and goes, 
That's it, buddy. Get in there close. Hit it with a faint attack. Uh, it's always done at an advantage um, faint attack as well. So I've got two attempts to crit hit, basically. On one row without re-rolling anything. 29 to hit. Yep. So that's going to do 18 dark damage, doubled to 36. Yep. And that is going to be everything, actually, as Felix Palm glows blue. And... That blue aura is going to encase Pratchett as he's going to get some help back after taking quite a chunky sludge bomb earlier. Okay, Freuda's back up and she is going to shout for her Alakazam to wake up. Stays asleep. Yes, yes. come on. Alakazam doesn't do anything. Perfect. Sig sees this blue aura around Pratchett and just thinks something's not right about this. Let's hit it again, Sludge Bomb, 15. Misses! So the Sludge Bomb just falls short, and instead of hitting Pratchett, it's almost just this pool of sludge forms in front of Pratchett. So to say, if Pratchett moves forwards into it, yeah. okay. he's going to get fucked. Yeah. Boomer is still just... He's looking at the Alakazam thinking, why is this not still on fire? Maybe I just need to d hit it again. <laughs> so he's just going to use Flamethrower. So Chuck's like, okay, full power, and his arm glows pink. So he's just going to use two flamethrowers on the Alakazam. Okay. <laughs> he's going to automatically fail his, his evasion checks. She's going to he's blow. Going, she's going to blow a fire ring and then blow a flamethrower through. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, the second flamethrower comes through the smoke ring, both engulf the Alakazam. Going to do 60 fire damage. Okay. Sigmund Freud look at each other and they're like, "Shit." Just <laughs> like. like yeah, you took on our B team before. <laughs> a bit harsh on the rest of your team. That's true. Okay. <laughs> Mako's like, in his, in his Pokemon will be like, B team? Fuck you. <laughs> Let me at him. So, Magmortar is still up and close with the Gengar. And seeing the pool of sludge in front, Felix shouts out to Pratchett. Hold firm, buddy. Your moment's coming. Don't worry. Maximus, smash that Gengar. Hit it with a fire punch. So I'm going to sock it in its big toothy grin. 23 to hit. Hit. It's going to do 20 fire damage. And Felix's arm is going to go pink as he shouts, Put him in a body bag! Hit him with a faint attack! And that's going to be followed up with a big old haymaker that comes underneath the Gengar for 22 dark damage, which is doubled to 44. How did you struggle so much against two We got Buzzer now. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Two we boys in practice, my horse. And Boomer. A measly cadabra. <laughs> I was fucking around with the grabby grabby, that's why. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, you're, figuring, you're still reading the instructions upside down. No, wait, Pom, like this. Like this. Reading it in front. Le Grill? What the hell is Le Grill? Right. <laughs> Either way, this is the last turn that Alakazam will be asleep. Come on, yeah. But it's gonna stay asleep. Yes! Oh, I love that nighty one. He just signed his own death warrant. So, Sig is gonna go with a hypnosis on Magmortar. So you're gonna have to make a wisdom save. They say with advantage because we're in melee range. Okay, I rolled two sevens, so ten will fail. Yeah. Thought mm. as much. And Magmortar is asleep. Damn. Yeah. Been throwing hands and he's he looks at the the, the gang uh, gang of the food sleep, yeah. And unfortunately 
Felix's Gengar Inky has practiced hypnosis quite a lot on Magmortok, who's normally quite a steely spirit, but it's had a bit of an adverse effect on him, and he's quite susceptible to it, to force to sleep. Cannon arms by its side. Joke has the Boomer, who's circling above the Alkazam, looking for the kill. Tearing a new one! Shadow Claw twice! As his arm goes pink. <laughs> you gave us all this shit. Both of these are at advantage as well, so and they crit on a 19 or a 20, so... Be some big damage here. So both are gonna hit with a 26. Yep. 37 doubled to 74 ghost damage on the Alakazam. Takes it, takes it. No! <laughs> Cass. Felix. Felix, you're up. Felix is up. Uh, as a bonus action, you're gonna try and wake Magmortar up. Yep. Felix just <laughs> cries out, Maximus, this is not the time. Snap out of it. And with a nap two, Oh no, stays asleep. Rewind as Felix's arm glows pink, isn't it? No, not pink, white, sorry. Felix's arm goes white. Come on, buddy, I need you. Nap nine. Doesn't wake stays up. Stays asleep. New the moment it. Fortunately, the poisonous pool has dispersed. It was in front of Pratchett. Yes. Because it's been a bit over a turn. He's able to take a couple of steps forward just to look a bit menacing and seeing the Gengar in front of him again knowing how his sparring practice with Inky's gone he can't do too much damage to it he's going to turn his Gatling gun of a tree towards the Alakazam and he's going to fire off an energy ball at the top of the peak of this mountain he's able to get lots of sunlight the daytime natural light in gonna suck it all in 21 to hit it and he's able to get a Pretty chunky sized energy ball and he's firmly planted, he's ready to go, and he fires it off for 27 grass damage on the Alakazam. Broider is just screaming at Alakazam, and Alakazam just snaps to it and stands up, and she's like, right bro. We need to get some of this HP back, use recover. Oh no. So he's gonna use recover. I can't force a reroll. And he's gonna gain a fair chunk of help. Okay. Mm. Right. Gengar is up. He's pretty happy with himself. Six happy that he's put Magmortar to sleep. And we're going to go with another sludge bomb, but this time we're going to do it on Magmortar, hoping that if he stays asleep, he'll be fucked when he wakes up. 17. Hit. So, Gengar, this time, he's so close to, to Maximus that the sticky sludge that just comes out of him it is like vomit but he just sort of goes up and just like <laughs> and just covers maximus in this black sludge and does 43 poison damage another trucker dude another trucker and again like stick. black sludge just drips down magmortar and makes this pool around his feet and he's gonna have to do a nice little save on the start of his next turn. Chuck shouts to Boomer and says, make that Alexam wish it never woke up. Flamethrower. So Boomer's just gonna launch a flamethrower at the Alakazam. So it's gonna do 34 fire damage. And follow that up with a Shadow Claw. Chuck's arm goes pink. This is 16, so 26 to hit. Hit. Gonna do 18 ghost damage, double to 36. So as the as the flames engulf the Alakazam, just on the top of it, these burn claws just slashed out. Ghost move. Yeah. Yep. I should have done this last time, but the Alakazam turns out it's holding a berry. Ah. 
and this berry blows up in front of the Shadow Claw and it's going to reduce damage by half. Very nine back. Maximus is. Phoenix is still shouting at Maximus. Maximus, buddy, wake up! I know you can hear me. With a ten. Doesn't wake up. Doesn't wake up. Seeing the Alakazam out of range, and again, thinking back to his sparring sessions with Inky, we are going to go for another energy ball on Alakazam. Try and knock it out of the park. Nice. If we get a big, big hit. We're going to re-roll that. 23 to hit on that one. Hits. And again, being up in the open air, being planted and ready for battle, Pratchy is able to get a really good-sized energy ball off. He's using the Gengar to sort of like curve the energy balls around so the Alakazam can't quite see them. <laughs> like in one. Like in one in almost, yeah. Sort of mm. curving them around and using his gravitational pull so the Alakazam can't see them. And he smashes him for 29 grass damage. Nice. Takes it. Wrong oh, way. Chunky is this Alakazam, but with the, amount of, with the amount of turns and the things that have gone through and leftovers, Torterra is back to full health. Freuder knows that the three that are out are going to cause problems. They're obviously very strong. So Alakazam waves both of its spoons wildly in the direction of Boomer and then just pushes both of its arms forwards and you see this pink aura around Boomer and he just slams her down into the ground He'll do 41 psychic damage. 41! Yes. Sig yeah. shouts for his Gengar to. We're going to go for a hypnosis on Pratchett this time. Okay. And so we save, isn't it? Yes. 14. Fails. Fucker! So Pratchett's asleep as well. Yeah. Oh, Boomer's just taken that massive hit from the Alakazam, sent screaming into the base of one of the pillars of the temple. And Chuck shouts, Boomer, are you okay? And she just, with a roar and a little sort of puff of flame, beats her wings and takes flight again. Straight back at that Alakazam. Inferno! Ooh! One of the new ones. And I'm going to re-roll that too. <laughs> and replace it with a 16. Doesn't hit. Jesus. This table wasn't built for this game. So Boomer turns her head towards the sky and just starts spewing fire out and just raining it down on top of the Alakazam. But the Alakazam manages just to form this like protective sphere around it a little bit. Yeah, you're right, it does. Mm. Waste one of your precious 3pp. Yeah, and Chuck's arm's gonna go blue and he's yeah. giving him some help back at least. So, both Magmortar and Pratchett are asleep. are asleep. So Felix is just sort of, not panicking yet, but he's just like, both of you, wake up! Hearing Felix shout from the top of his lungs, they both wake up from this dreamy little slumber that they're in at the moment. And both of them sort of shake their heads and the first thing that Magmortar sees is the Gengar in front of him. So we're going to go for the 1-2 combo. We're going to go in for a 5 punch to start. 18 to hit. Hits. Lovely. Magmortar, it starts like he's going to do a flamethrower and you can sort of see the fire come out to the end of his fist but rather than protruding and shooting off like a jet, it just enhances his punch as he gives the Gengar a little body shot doing 26 fire damage and he's going to follow up with a big left hand haymaker of a faint attack which is always done at advantage 26 to hit hit and that's going to do 19 dark damage as he comes across and tries to knock that toothy grin off the gengar which is doubled to 38 gengar flies into one of the pillars and hits the ground yes nice 
Maximus turns to Sig and opens his arms wide in his true gladiator form. <laughs> and you can just hear sort of Sig in the background go, did he say not entertained? <laughs> Are you what? Are you accessing the gladiator feet? Well, no, because I don't have a crowd. Chuck starts chanting, Maximus, Maximus, Maximus. I'll do. Sweet. Felix is like, yes, Maximus, that's it. So, okay, yeah. cool. I've not got, I don't think I've got to activate the gladiator feet since we gave it to him. Because it only happens when he's fine in front of a crowd. So, going back, yeah, when we fine in front of a crowd, Maximus can pump them up, giving them advantage on attack rolls for an extra 1d6 damage. Sig is going to withdraw his KO'd Gengar and he sends out his spirit Freud has still got her Alakazam out. She is going to try a hypnosis on Boomer. Save. 18. Fails. Shitting hell. Boomer's asleep. Oh my god. Sig, seeing Boomer fall asleep to the wavy arms of this Alakazam, shouts for his Spiritomb to use a psychic attack. It's going to do 29 psychic damage. He was quite big. So Boomer gets lifted into the air and then slammed into the ground. Good job. Follow that up with a shadow sneak. And you just see the shadows extending from the Spiritomb going all the way over to Boomer. Nat fucking 20. Oh, yeah. Reroll. Reroll. Oh, I can't. Card is a nat Fuck 20. It. Fuck. That's going to do 20 ghost damage as the shadows then pop out the ground, wrap themselves around Boomer and give her a nice big squeeze. You just hear her in her sleep just going, Okay. Now it is Boomer's turn. Now it is Boomer's turn. Beat what? 10? Uh, it is a 13. 13. 18. Nice. Breaks up. Chuck's going to use what he should have done so he could have hit before with the Inferno is Professor Fee on the Alakazam. So it's got five moves telekinesis, psychic, hypnosis, recover, and shadow ball. Okay. Cool. We get plus two to hit. Okay, one more time. Hit it with a flamethrower. So it just unleashes a jet of flame at the Alakazam. He's got to make an evasion check. Oh, you're doing that one, aren't you? Yep, so I can't miss. <laughs> I will do at least half damage. <laughs> you might get burned. Can't do half damage on a natty 20. Oh, but I got a 19. So. <laughs> <laughs> naughty, naughty, you're teasing me. It does pass. 25, half, 12, 12 fire damage. Uh, Alakazam bursts into fucking flames. <laughs> Kill it. Hits the floor. Yes. Yes. Boom. Nice. And now Chuck's um, Chuck's arm glows blue. I was tempted to smack the spirit. Actually, no. Chuck's arm does glow pink. Uh, and he's going to go for a flamethrower on the spirit zoom. Okay. Pressure's going to activate. Okay. He's going to lose two PP. So evasion check from the spirit zoom, please. Boomer riled up now. 18. It is the DC, so that passes, right? 33 fire damage. So it's going to take half. So it's going to take 16. Yeah, of course it does. It's like the second attack is taken. Sig is very happy as Spiritomb sort of just comes out of this fiery blast. Uh, Freud, on the other hand, gutted that Ralikazam's gone, reaches for a Pokeball, withdraws it, and then throws another one into the battlefield right next to Boomer. Mm. And Dusk Noir pops out. Oh, no. Let the status war begin. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. Felix is up. And seeing the Dusk Noir park itself next to Boomer, he's going to tell 
Maximus to take aim at the Spiritomb. Okay. And we're going to go for a flamethrower of our own. Thinking back to it, I should have gone for the uh, lens laser point. Laser point oh, yeah. for Maximus. Yeah, it would have good with Maximus. Good flare, good flare as well. Apologies, I, I should have done that. But he does have a lens of sorts. He does have a wide lens, so I get plus one to all attack rolls. We all know that Maximus likes to one up every, each and every Pokemon that he comes up against and is also on his team. We're going to go for the flamethrower, but we're going to use Range Master as well. So I take minus five to attack, but I get to plus, add plus ten damage. So with the wide lens, it's a minus four to attack, but because of Gladiator activating last turn for three turns, I've got advantage on my rolls anyways. Okay. So should, hopefully, be able to hit. So 17 to hit. On oh, the fucking nose. Yes. yes. So he's a little bit shaky. He's only been using his fists for melee attack so far. He's not let a full one loose, but he's able to just lock onto the Spiritomb, fire off a fiery blast does 38 fire damage to the spirit tomb and a blue aura is going to envelop maximus as he's going to get some health back from felix's arm i rolled two ones two ones no <laughs> way oh my god to be fair out of the times i rolled now ones probably the best time for me to get them freud just shouts dust noir crack it in the jaw we're gonna go for a thunder punch on boomer <laughs> Natural 20. Oh, is that 54 electric damage as this Dust Noir gets always above Boomer and punches her in the top of the head, sending electric bolts through her entire fucking body. That... She's also paralyzed. Is that pre double in the damage? No, no, no that's that's, that's the, including that's, the double. Oh, that's fuck that's that. the crit damage, but is she weak to electric? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So then you double it. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. 108 damage, yeah. 108 damage. <laughs> <laughs> you just love to bully Boomer as soon as she's out. She's been out the whole battle. What do you mean as soon as she's out? You yeah, don't always hit me. I've only used Boomer. Why are you attacking Boomer? <laughs> that couldn't have been a worse turn. <laughs> How's, is Boomer dead? No, she's got 10 HP. That's good. <clears throat> and then she shouts, Right, well done. Follow that up. Shadow sneak. 70 damage. Five damage. Okay. Okay. But Boomer is paralysed from the thunder punch. Yeah. Fuck. That's a ridiculous turn. 108 damage from a thunder punch. A thunder punch. Dave did more, though. Dave! From a thunder yeah, well, true. Not, not that much. Not that, not that much. Was, was that actually Dave that, Dave that we fought? It was Dave. <laughs> we fought Dave. 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 Oh, I fucking love Flash. It'll be Dave. Back to Sig, Amron, Spiritomb. We're going to lock on to Maximus. Sig says we need to take that Magmortar down. We're going to go for another Psychic Attack. And I am not going to enjoy having Fire Types in the battle soon. 19 on the Psychic. Yeah, that hits. So that's, yeah, 46 damage to Maximus as inside its head, it just feels his entire brain like shaking inside its skull. Oh. And you just hear it roar. And then Sig shouts, now follow that one up, Shadow Sneak. Only nine ghost damage. Only nine, okay. Yeah, that's, that has taken a big chunk of Max, Mort uh, Max Mortimer? Max Mortimer. Of Maximus's health off. That's definitely going to be an NPC of the what? next. Max Mortimer. Max Mortimer. <laughs> <laughs> 
Chuck can see Boomer cackling with uh, electric energy. Not again, not again. Boomer, you, can you fight? Come on, one more throw of the dice. See what I did there. It is. I like these rolls of three on his D4. So he's not paralyzed. She's not paralyzed. Give it everything you've got against that dust war. Inferno. Ooh, real Hail Mary. 2PP. 2PP. 25. Doesn't miss. <laughs> that doesn't miss. It's going to do 39 fire damage, and Dust Noir is going to be burned. That's a level 18 move. Love that. Cool. And Chuck's arm glows. Might as well hang in there. Guys, blue. As Boomer gets some help. Maximus raises his arm up and aims down the sights, i.e., his knuckles. He's aiming at the spirit too. And Felix goes, That's it. Again. Flamethrower. And because we've got advantage, we're going to activate Range Master again. So minus five plus the 10 to the damage. What are the odds? 2 day one I've rolled two eights. Oh, I rolled two eights last time. So 17th hit, which we know hits. That's going to do 38 fire damage as this giant cone of flame just mixes with the gas that is a spirit tomb and the spirits that are a spirit tomb. And again, Maximus is going to go glow blue at the end of his turn. Get some HP back. Freuder shouts for Dustawar to use Shadow Sneak on Boomer. He'll hit with a 30. <laughs> How do we even roll a 30? 19 plus 11. Oh, fair. <laughs> 8 damage, which will halve to 4. Then he's going to try and fly away from Boomer, and he's going to get close enough to Magmortar to use a curse. Mm. So, you need to make a wisdom save. 15. Fails. You are cursed. Dustawar pulls out two little plushies in its hand. <laughs> one of them is a plushie of a Dustawar. Right. And the other one is a plushie of a Magmortar. <laughs> okay. Then he pulls out a kid and he pokes the Dustawar and deals 12 damage to himself, which doubles. Boom. Nice. And with that, it then pulls out the pin and just starts fucking jabbing Magmortar. <laughs> <laughs> and Magmortar has been cursed, and it's going to take 1d12 ghost damage at the end of each of its turn. Okay. Sig, knowing exactly what Freudia was thinking, tells Spiritomb to use Shadow Sneak on Boomer. So it hops a little bit close to Boomer. And it uses a Shadow Sneak, 31 to hit. Hit. Five ghost damage. Takes it. And seeing that the shadows just slapping Boomer about a little bit aren't actually doing that much damage, he then shouts, okay, fuck it. Psychic. No. 25 to hit. Chuck's arm glows white with one last roll of the dice. 25 to hit. Yep, hit. Dead. No, how much HP you got? Not enough. How much HP you got? There's a chance this might not kill you. Mm, what's your damage bonus? She's dead. <laughs> Boomer just takes the sidekick, gets slapped about, thrown from pillar to pillar, making them crumble even that little bit more, bouncing off some of the metal structures and falls to the ground, eyes swirling like a mm -hmm. little bitch. <laughs> Chuck returns her to a ball and says, you give it everything you got, girl. You're amazing. Get a good rest. We'll need, I'll need you later once we finish up with these clowns. Uh, he's going to send out. He's send out Rowdy. Can't do anything. Wait. <laughs> Come on, Churro. Let's kick this party up a notch. So it is Churro's turn. Sweet. So Churro, looking at the spirit room in front of it, thinks, 
Let's have a taste of pineapple. Joe <laughs> says, all right, Juro, hit it with a skull. See if we can get that burn off on it. So it's a 25 to hit. Yeah, then I'll do it. So that's gonna do 20 water damage on that one. Nice. And then takes it. And then Chuck's arm glows peak, and he's gonna go for another skull. That's a natural 19, so that's gonna burn. That's a 30 to hit, and that's a 24 water damage on that one. So Shura just comes out to start dancing away, then doing some little salsa steps, turning up the heat, pumps this just jet streams of hot boiling water towards the spirit tube. He is going to start mariachi performance. Back round to Maximus and Pratchett. We're going to take advantage of Maximus's last turn of the gladiator theme running through his head. <laughs> so we're going to go for... In his head, Maximus is in a field. He's just what, yeah. And he's just like... Just, he's just, but it's a field on fire. <laughs> yes, it's like putting his cannons through the flames. <laughs> Someone please draw that. Uh, so we're going to go for another Range Master Flamethrower on the Spirit Tomb. So okay. is that the furthest thing away? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Okay, cool. 27. He's aiming, he's really got this Spirit Tomb in his sight. He's able to use one of the little sort of flaps in his cannon as a really good sort of almost like iron sight. He's got the Spirit Tomb firmly in his grass and he's going to do a mighty 33 fire damage to the Spirit Tomb on this turn. Strong. Cool. And Phoenix's arm is going to glow pink. Yeah, more aggressive. Like it. And using his other arm, Magmortar, is going to target the Spirit Tomb and aim his cannon down the sights and fire off a Purple Wisp. 14 probably won't hit, though. Doesn't hit. So the Confused Ray does go and circle round the Spirit Tomb, but it just joins the body of this many spirits within the tomb. Spirit Tomb just eats it up. Felix doesn't really know why after seeing this happen, but Magmorphos just winces really heavily for an extra five damage. And Dust Noir stabs him in the pit again. <laughs> Freuder shouts for Dust Noir to use a Will-O-Wisp on Churro, and a 22 to hit. It's Churro is burned. Then we're going to follow that up with a Shadow Sneak on Magmortar. The shadows pop out, but they're just out of range. Magmortar's just a little bit too far away. Sig is going to shout for Spiritomb to use a Dark Pulse on Magmortar. Ooh, okay. Uh, that is a 23. It's going to be 35 Dark Damage. Half because of the burn. Half because of the burn? Half because of the burn. But this Dark Pulse of energy just flows out of Spiritomb and hits Magmortar, who sort of like, Ow, you bitch! <laughs> uh, like it's more of a sting than a punch, but he yeah definitely feels the uh, the hit of this dark pulse. Okay, the burning sombrero is back again. This <laughs> is the same fight, isn't it? Mm. Got full health, no, no copy. I have to go home. Spirit team, uh, just hit it with a scold. So that's a twenty-two to hit. Oh hit. Yeah, good. Twenty-one water damage. Halved. Takes it. So, realising what Pokemon we've got out in front of us, that really we're still quite early on in the grand scheme of these battles, seeing also Magmortar wince every turn from this curse, Felix kind of reluctantly is going to take his Pokeball from his belt and return it, and yep. instead Felix is going to reach round his belt with one that he normally has to keep away from other things in case it just pops out, and out comes Houdini. Nice. Okay, so Freuder is up with Dusk and Noir, hmm. and 
we are going to go straight over to Churro and we're going to go for a Thunder Punch. So Dustawild just flies over to Churro, refocusing its attention and just decking it straight in the beak, or whatever that thing is, with a crushing Thunder Punch. 20 electric damage, hard 10 because of the burn. Yeah. Sig is going to move forwards with his Spirit Home. He's going to go for another Dark Pulse. This time we're going to focus it on. Uh, we'll hit Houdini. 18 to hit. Yeah, that hits. Spirit Tomb lets out this Dark Wave again and hits for 32 Dark Damage, which is half because of the burn. So Churro's got this Dust Noir right in front of its face at the moment. What terrain would you say we're in at the moment? Mountainous? Uh, I'd say, yeah, mountainous, rocky, rocky terrain. You're on like a rocky temple. Temple what, made of rocks. What move would you say nature power would be? Probably Earthquake. Truck shouts. Okay, Churro, I don't know what's going to happen here, but just show me something good. Nature power. So Churro just feels the environment around him. Starts just doing this happy dance, his sombrero on fire, and you start feel the, <laughs> uh, feel the ground underneath start to rumble, and sort of rocks fall off some of the pillars as well. Um, so he's using an earthquake. So everybody in a 20 foot radius has got to do a strength save. What a time to waste in that 20. Take no damage. Dustin Wild goes 15, and Spirit Tomb goes 90. I nat 20 for Pratchett, so he takes no damage, and. 24 for Houdini. Yeah, everybody passes. Churro is not a strong boy. So it's going to do 18, half to nine, half to pass. So it's going to do a mighty four oh, damage no. all around. Spiritomb's down. Oh, oh yes. yes. Oh, oh get perfect. Perfect. So uh, just like feels this earth rumble beneath it and kind of think, oh, is that it? And then a little small tiny rock from one of the sphere pillars just conks it on the, <laughs> on the head. Just, <laughs> it just very slowly just falls backwards. Like, Sig, <laughs> like, for fuck's sake, this happened last time. <laughs> um, um, and and then Churro's going to, um, Churro says, Let it go now. Churro says, Let it go And then just shoves his pineapple in the light mouth. Well, hopefully, yeah, shoves his pineapple towards, throws his pineapple at the Dust Noir. 16 with disadvantage. Yeah, it doesn't hit. Sig withdraws Spiritomb and raises a Pokeball up. You don't really hear him, but you just get a whiff of, you fucking destroyed everybody last time. Weavile, go. Sends out his Weavile. So, Felix, you're Felix right. is up. And seeing the Weavile into the battlefield and remembering the habit it caused last time, Felix immediately turns his attention to it and turns Houdini's attention, more importantly, to it. He shouts, Get in there, buddy. Show them what you've learned since last time. <laughs> so, I bought an item specifically for Houdini, which I gave him before oh, we went up. The nunchucks. Oh, the nunchucks. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, here we go. Felix shouts out, Senpai, do it. So from underneath his left arm, Houdini whips out a pair of nunchucks. For how these work is, I've got to roll a d20, 10 or higher, pass with a flourish, normal moves, turn into fighting moves, fail, do a d10 damage to myself. So Houdini starts this, he starts very slowly to start with, swinging these nunchucks, like sort of slowly catching it under one arm at one point, 
Then flicking it around and going again. He spins on the spot with a natural 17. Yes. Turns into a nunchuck master. He's going to charge over to the Weavile. Yep. Felix shouts out, that's it, Karai Slam. So he's going to oh, do, he's right. going to do a body slam, <laughs> but it's going to be fighting type damage. Okay. Da, 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 da. And uh, just pressure activates. Weavile's got pressure as well. Double PP. Fucking the joke. Motherfucker. This is this fire is just designed to wear us the fuck down. Yeah. 23 to hit. Hits. That's going to be 19 fighting damage to yep. the Weavile, doubled to 38 because of the activated nunchucks troll. So this body slam instead of normally how we see it with Houdini sort of waddling over and just falling over he's almost like got a bit of grace and poise about him now and he goes over and he literally just as he's spinning the nunchucks as he's walking just smacks the weavile straight on the head with the nunchuck doesn't even fall over gives him a good old conk on conk on the dome Dust Noir is gonna fight with Ludicolo and Freuder just shouts for him to use curse on the burn down with a 22. Mm -hmm. It's we're gonna activate the curse this time. Dust Noir pulls out a plushie of himself again mm -hmm. and a plushie of a Ludicolo <laughs> and he stabs himself very gently. Where'd he get all these plushies from? And does 12 damage to his <laughs> and Ludicolo is now cursed and will take a d12 ghost damage at the end of each of his turns. Right, Weavile's up and after getting absolutely decked. <laughs> <laughs> Although he's in melee range, we're going to Blizzard between Pratchett and Houdini. Right. Hitting both of them. Pratchett and Houdini have to make an evasion check. Okay. 19 for Houdini. And a 12 for Pratchett. They both fail. Okay. And Pratchett is going to freeze. On a 19. Not sure if I have enough D8s for this. Chris, can I borrow a D8, please? Or another one yourself. See <laughs> good. <laughs> this move absolutely wrecked last time as well. So, clouds appear in the sky and start pelting the ground with these big lumps of ice hitting Houdini and Pratchett. Pratchett taking one hit and just freezing solid and they're both going to take 35 ice damage. So, that 35 is going to be doubled for Pratchett. Yep. Well, 70. Hell. But it's going to be hard for Houdini because he has thick fat. So he's going to take seven, 17. Such a swing. Pratchett's frozen solid. Frozen. Frozen. <laughs> and now it's Chuck's turn. Yep, it's Chuck's turn. Still with this fucking dust noir right in front of its face. So Churro can't do a lot. So Chuck says... Sure, you need to get some space from that. It's just not giving you enough, enough room for your moves. Disengage from that dust noir, back up, and then his arm glows pink. Okay, then hit it with a... Then hit it with Scold. Okay, where are you backing up to? So, if we've most of this fight been in the kind of the middle of the six, six domino yep. pillars towards the stairs. Okay, yep. So he's still going to be on his own. Yeah. All right. So that's a 25 to hit. Hit. Good. 21, half to 10 damage. So after taking this big, big blizzard and seeing the impact it's had on Pratchett, Felix is shouting at Pratchett, Pratchett, break out of there, buddy. I know you can do it. And all you can just sort of see is, is Pratchett's eyes moving from Felix back towards and trying to 
to see if there's any shake or any crack, but nothing's happening. Um, so for now, Felix turns back to Houdini and goes, don't let that Weavile get away with it. Crush it. Hit with a heavy slam. Okay, we're going to go for a heavy slam this time. So that's going to be a 26 to hit. That will hit. So it's going to do 25 steel damage to the Weavile. Nice. Double to 50. 50. Oh, big hit. So yeah. Again, similar to how he did it in the cable car rather than a big falling over slam it's like a big belly bounce that houdini does sort of giving him a little bit of space not too much that it have to be a range attack next but just putting a bit of space between him and the uh, weevil ready for the next attack and at the end of my turn pratchett's gonna see if he can break out the ice yeah uh, naturally team breaks out perfect dustin was gonna have to run in to try and get to churro and hit it with another thunder punch Okay, so that is what Freud is going to shout. How are you going to shout it? Snurgy Burgies! That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, 21 to hit on the Thunder Punch. Yeah, it's going to hit. It's going to do 17 electrical damage. Halved. Oh, which is then halved. Eight, two, eight. Yeah, Dust Noir is just going to chase down Churro, hearing Freud shout, Snurgy Burgies! <laughs> and he's going to crackle up another Thunder Punch and punch Churro right in the gob. <laughs> Punch him extra large in the gob. But he takes it because he does take it. Burns not. Burns horrible. Burns OP. Awful. Right, Sig's up. This Weavile did not enjoy that heavy slam. And he's gonna Fuck it. We're gonna do it again. We're going for another blizzard. Okay. In the same space. Yeah. Trying to take them both out. Yeah. Trying to so, take them both out. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna try, try and take them both out. Good luck. So uh evasion checks from Houdini and Pratchett. Pratchett this time does well and gets a 24. Yep. Houdini doesn't fare so well this time, gets a 15. So Houdini's gonna fail, Pratchett is going to pass. Cool. So whatever you roll, they're both gonna take because of weaknesses and resistances eventually. Cool. Abilities. So again, these ice blocks are just falling from the sky, hitting both of them. Pratchett just getting absolutely obliterated by the snow. Houdini gets caught and freezes solid. Booger. And they're both gonna take 35 ice damage. Booger. Yeah, so as Houdini gets encased in the ice, the other blocks of ice that are falling from the sky don't really affect him that much, but we do have a frozen Houdini. Damn. And Churo is basically just getting like, kiss chased by this dust one. Who's <laughs> 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 like, purple, ghostly purple lips just going <laughs> at the same time, but he knows that behind its back is a, uh, a thunder punch that's just cackling away. <laughs> Chiro is, um, he's now um, actually running towards Chuck. Uh, so he's disengaged and he's running towards Chuck. And Chuck says, Come here, buddy. And he's got a full heal in his hand <laughs> as well. Sprays him, cures the burn. And then at the same time, his arm glows pink and says, All right, turn and face now. Give it, give it the pineapple. <laughs> Mega drain. But Churro's still, Churro's still kind of just trying to like tamp out the fire. Doesn't manage to get a connection with the Mega Drain. But then he takes his curse damage. Oh, how much is that again? On D12. A 10. Takes 10 damage. But this is not burnt. Seeing Houdini get encased in ice, Felix kind of like slaps his own leg and he's like, oh, come on guys, come on. You can do this, buddy. We can all do this. I'm going to shout at Houdini now to break out of the ice after he's like, Houdini, use all your power. Break out of the ice kind of see he's starting to twitch and strain but we can't see if he does break out of the ice yet. Felix tells Pratchett in this moment to about turn and focus on the Dust Noir that's chasing Ludicolo. Doesn't see what's going on, just sees the sort of bit of an attack of opportunity almost. Like he's just in the back of the Dust Noir and hearing what's been going on with him and Chuck. 
opponent, maybe a bit of trouble. I'm gonna go for an energy ball on Dust Noir. Okay. Nice. 24 to hit. Hits. Nice. So that's gonna be 24 grass damage. And Houdini rolls a net 14. Able to break out the ice with a roar that you've not really heard from Houdini. He's a bit of a clown normally, but he seems really amped up since getting these nunchucks. I have not been doing that. Fuck. <laughs> what have we forgot? Shadowsness. The hex does extra damage on status. Small status effect. Yeah. Um, that's a shame, isn't it? Oh, that's a new problem. That's rough, buddy. Dust Noir turns <laughs> into Churro and fires off a Will-O-Wisp shock <laughs> in a move that surprised absolutely nobody. It's going to hit with a 30. Okay. Burn that bitch one more time. Couldn't have the there. That's rough, buddy. Sounds like a you problem. Sorry, <laughs> right. Fracture just coming and wood bonk you next time. Weavile, seeing Houdini break out of the ice, is going to run at it and just go straight for a brick break. But it's only a 16. No, it does hit though. Oh, yeah. It's going to do 27 fighting mm. damage. Doubled to 54. Yeah, absolutely stonks. Big brick break. And it just uppercuts straight up to the face. As soon as Houdini breaks out this ice, he just takes this punch straight mm. to the gob. Dr. Churro, Churro takes his burn damage. He's <laughs> but he's reignited sombrero. He's like, <laughs> getting pretty pissed off with this burn now. Surprisingly, his Mariachi's still going, so he hasn't actually taken a hit in building that performance up. And gonna go with a Mega Drain on this Dust Noir. 17. Doesn't hit. Reroll, reroll, reroll. 23. That's it, gotta do it. Gotta do it. After <laughs> that, do 18 damage to the Dust Noir. He's gonna get going out. Back. Lovely, lovely nine. And Chuck's arm glows blue. And Chuck's going to get a little bit more health back. Felix sees the Weavile brick break. Houdini. He shouts, Don't say that. Show him your moves. Hit it again. Karai slam. Whoa. So I'm going to go for another nunchuck flourish. Okay. I'm going to re roll that nine. Yeah. He's going to do damage to himself. Okay. Because I got a four on the second one. So he's doing his flourish. It looks like it's going really well. But. His one of his paws as he transfers it over still got a bit of frost on it from breaking out of the ice. She hits herself with a vagina. Just no, <laughs> don't be so crude, Andrew. This is a family show. She hits herself in the boob. <laughs> she hits herself in the tit. Yeah, it just sort of slips out of her hand and just sort of conks her right in the chest, and it will do six damage to itself. Seeing this happen, Felix sort of goes, "Come on, buddy, we practice this. I know you've got it in you. Here." Have this. Try again. And his arm glows blue. as we're going to give Houdini some HP back. Okay. Throida sees that Ludicolo is burnt. And she says, fan-fucking-tastic. Use Hex. <laughs> 16. Yes. Probably. Yeah, it hits. 30 ghost damage. A 15. Oh, it's a 15. Yeah, this, this purple aura just envelops Ludicolo. And he just twitches. He just sees all the fur just like shake side to side. He's like... Arr, arr. Trombone is just swinging wildly. He's got to do a concentration check. He rolls a seven, so it fails the concentration. His mariachi is over. And Ludicolo just kind of like rides in pain. Uh, Sig shouts Weavile to use an ice punch on Torterra. But he is going to leave melee range yep. from Houdini. Cool. And an opportunity. We are going to go for a karate slam. So Felix shouts up. Now, why running away? Perfect chance. Hit it with a karate slam again. Like nine. Oh no. On the flourish. I can't re-roll it because I've used all my slots. Another five damage to it. So. Oh no. This nubtucks are not going well. Passes it from one hand to the other again and it just hits itself in the other side of its chest, taking five extra damage. So 
Weavile darts over to Pratchett, its fist glowing white, and it just punches it right in the tree. It does 23 ice damage. Doubled to 46. Yeah, boy. Big hit. Chuck it going. Chuck and churro. Yeah. Well, I got a couple of very nice Either. healing things, and he's got leftovers on, so I get five hits to HP every turn. Uh, Chuck and churro takes his burn damage at the start of his turn. Junction shouts to Jiro and says, hang in there, buddy. Just keep at it. We can out we can outlast it. Mega Drain. Dirty 20. Yep. <laughs> so no. Yep. It's going to do 27 grass damage. But that's going to be half because of the burn to 13. Yeah. Phoenix sees all of the statuses going on. The freeze, the burn, and he's just getting really frustrated with it all. So he's always going to go glow pink at the start of his turn. Houdini is going to use a heavy slam on the Weavile. Yep. And Pratchett is going to charge at this fucking Dusk Noir. Yep. And hit it with a Warhammer. Cool. Let's destroy it. So, Weavile first. 14 plus 10, 24 to hit. That is gonna, uh, yeah, smack that Weavile about a little bit. <laughs> Again, a nice big belly bump, as we've become accustomed to. 23, double to 46 on the Weavile. Lovely. Takes it, does, it. it does take it, though. Fuck me. Well, the Weavile would be dead. And Pratchett charges over at the Dusk Noir, and with its now kind of semi-frozen tree after that Ice Fang, just slams it into the Dusk Noir. Or does it? It doesn't, with a 15. Misses. Misses. And just skids on some of the ice that falls off its tree. It loses its footing and sort of just slams into the ground instead. Uh, Freud are a bit perturbed that her Pokemon's getting two on one. The only thing she can really do is use Hex again on Churro. The Churro. Uh, that is not going to hit with a 14. Nope. So hit. The Dust Noir's a bit... He's just been taken aback by now having two Pokemon on him and shits himself a little bit. <laughs> uh, Weavile going out Houdini. We're going to go for another Brick Break. Dirty 20, that will hit. Yeah, that will hit. Weavile just jumps up after taking this heavy slam, leaps back and just decks Houdini in the face again. 22 fighting damage, which will be doubled. Oh. 44. 44 total damage. Big hit. Houdini's still standing. So we're all in this kind of circle at the moment, right? Yeah. So Chura's going to take his burn damage at the start of his turn. And then Chuck is going to, one final time, ask Chura to very politely offer a pineapple to the Dust Noir. <laughs> yep. Maybe he might take it, you know, it might be taken aback if you just present it to him <laughs> rather than just being aggressive about it. Ludicolo. With a natural one, does not have the desired <laughs> effect. Oh no. Cannot re-roll the move. <laughs> and he just, <laughs> you had not. The it, pineapple just so sour. Lidicolo drops the pineapple and it starts to roll away. Yeah. <laughs> and instead, he just sort of, he's just chasing after the pineapple, trying to get it up off the floor. <laughs> yeah, and, and Chuck's arm goes blue to recuperate a bit of that health for Juro, but curse is going to kick in though as Jura's chasing the pineapple he actually finds the little Ludicolo doll on the floor <laughs> it's just like got like three extra pins in it and he's just emotionally emotional damage emotional damage so he's going to take seven damage seven emotional damage seven emotional damage Felix is going to look at Pratchett who is heaved after missing that wood hammer gets himself back to his hooves is Pete's. And Felix shouts, come on, let's get rid of this dust noir. I know you've got it in you. Smash it. Woodhammer. 21. Hits. Good. 33 grass damage. Oh my god. 
Do oh, it. Yes. yes. <laughs> Finally, Dustawar is down. Oh my god, that fucking big bitch. Pratchett does take recoil damage. He does a massive swing with this tree. Takes a lot out of him and he sits the ground as he goes through the dust noir as he pounds it into the ground. Does a list trust. Does a list trust. Hits the ground from day one. <laughs> because I've hit, I am going to go for a bit of a Houdini Hail Mary. Yep. Oh. And we're going to go for a karate slam as Felix's arm grows, glows pink. Grows pink. Glows pink. He goes, come on, buddy. You did it so well first time. Focus. You've got this. She's spinning the nunchucks around, being very careful not to hit herself in the tits. And with a five, hits herself in the face instead. Oh my god. <laughs> She's like looking down at her chest. <laughs> <laughs> so Freuda withdraws Dust Noir and without saying anything, just sends out her Frost Lass, who immediately pops a blizzard over Pratchett and Ludicolo. Okay. Eight. Uh, 19. They both fail. Fuck. But Pratchett's gonna get frozen. Yeah. If he doesn't die. Mighty guys. It's just gonna happen. 46 ice damage on both of them. 46? 46 ice damage. Double to 92 for Pratchett. Yeah. Which knocks him out. In fair, he's been in the battle a long time, he has. Yes. But this final huge hunk of ice from a freshly entered in the battlefield Frostlass is just one too many. It piles on, on top of his tree and just weighs him down. Pratchett hits the deck. Fuck! That's what you get for helping your friend. It had to go. It's okay. Felix returns Pratchett to his pokeball and as he has a habit of doing recently puts the ball straight to his forehead and goes you were immense take a good rest buddy i'm sure i'll need you again later let's kick things up a notch reptile oh, get out here nice reptile is going to enter the battlefield and as he slams to the floor and kicks up the debris it all starts to swirl around the battlefield as the sandstorm starts to Spread. Okay, Weavile takes 10 and starts with sick. Does. Weavile, we're gonna go for another brick break on Houdini. 27 fighting damage. Double to 54. To 54. Which knocks out Houdini. Oh no. Down. Houdini is down. This time, Weavile uppercuts Houdini, taking it off its feet and landing with a slam, cracking the ground beneath it, and six smiles like. Again, Felix returns Houdini to his ball, clasps it tight and goes, You were great, even if we might need to work on those nunchuck moves. Puts the ball on his belt and thinks he's got to take a bit of a risk here. But with Reptile out, we know the conditions are favourable. Momo, come on out. Bit of a risk, but we're going to take it. Sure is just kind of, at this point, it's a little bit sad. He's <laughs> it's kind of just, his sombreros is really on fire. <laughs> He's got no moves really that he can use, and he's just that he's just lost his pineapple. He's basically just sort of running back and forth. Just going. 
<laughs> Chuck says, it's okay, buddy. Just sleep it off. Returns him to his ball and um, reaches reaches to his belt, looks at the Pokeball for a second and then uh, and nods and then hurls it into the fight. Out comes Rowdy with a growl and a snarl. Chuck's arm glows pink and shouts, all right, let's kick things off. Smash that Weavile with an Aura Sphere. Weavile have pressure? Yeah, Weavile has pressure. Ugh. 24 fighting damage, which can be doubled to 48. So Rowdy already hits the battlefield instantly, rests on the balls of his feet, his, his knees in a, in a bent stance, puts his, palms to his, his, puts his palms to his sides and just sends this ball of energy at the Weavile with 48 fighting damage. He takes it. Ah, oh, bollocks. This Weavile has taken a lot of punishment. As the ball is flying towards the Weavile, Chuck shouts, show me that speed training we've been working on. Extreme speed. Doing 16 damage, normal damage. Weavile's down. Yes. yes! As the ball of energy just knocks the Weavile off its feet, Rowdy, in the blink of an eye, is right in front of the Weavile, uppercuts it under the chin, sending its limp body just sailing up into the air and down to the earth with a thud. Give him uppercut. Sig. Punch his beard off. Sig withdraws Weavile, and a little bit annoyed that his team has been wiped out, he looks over his right shoulder. <laughs> and just says, go, and Dark Rise <laughs> oh, God. enters. That'd be a bit of a spike, you it, Zara. The battle. It's fine. Fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Exactly. Exactly. We weak to Norris as well, if you use it instead of, uh, instead of April Bellbrick. Okay. Felix sees the Dark Rise. Is it all, like, clad in armor as well? It is. Quite a menacing sight to see this Dark Rise. Float over. It's scary. See, like the raw cheek seeing Mewtwo in armor. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Felix isn't surprised to see the Darkrai enter the battle. He just hoped that it wouldn't come to this. He's sort of semi-prepared in his mind. He just tries to shake it off, knowing the damage this Frostlass has done before, and hoping in his heart of hearts that he might be able to get through to Darkrai at some point during this battle. He looks at the shouts over to Reptar over the swirling sandstorm goes use it to your advantage hit that frost last with a rock slide okay nice. so we're gonna chuck some boulders at it you have to do a strength save well it doesn't really matter you just take half it negates all damage it negates all damage yeah cool so frost last is able to telegraph these boulders that come almost skate but it's kind of gliding very elegantly around the sandstorm and just dodges everything so Felix's arm is going to glow uh, almost more of a fiery red than a pink with anger as he just kind of erupts in a bit of rage. Ah, get in there, just take a chunk out of it. Crunch it instead. We're going to go for a crunch instead. Try and get up close and keep it in our grasp. A 21 to hit. Hits. Lovely. 22 dark damage. Double to 44. Yep. Nice. This time... Reptar's able to get in close and sort of pick it up almost with its small arms, just like hold it in place and is able to sort of take a big bite around its head. The Frostlass is taken aback um, and Freud uh, shouts for it to use a point blank shadow ball. 30. So as Titar drops Frostlass, she just charges up a shadow ball while she's falling and just blasts him straight in the maw, doing 30 damage. He's able to swallow half of that though. <laughs> to the <original>. oh, <laughs> Okay. Oh no. Here's the big one. Sig lets Darkrai roll into action. Darkrai is going to try and get into the middle of everybody. 
Ah, oh, now it's coming. Oh boy! And he just takes his sandstorm damage. Takes, takes his sandstorm damage. Takes his sandstorm damage. And as he just like glides into the middle, Sig shouts, "Dark Void!" Dun, dun, dun. Everybody needs to make a wisdom save, oh. including oh. Frostlass. 13 for Rowdy. Frostlass fails. With an 11 and a 9, Momo and Tita are going to fail. So, everybody is going to take 42 dark damage. Jesus Christ, what the hell? 42 dark damage. And fall asleep. Yeah, I knew that bit was coming. Now, that's going to double for Frostlass. It's going to halve. For Tita. Oh, what that what time damage was it? Dark. God, it's not half to, half to twenty-one. But everybody's asleep. But everybody's asleep. Is Frostlass dead? No, but that was a big <laughs> I was gonna say 80, 82. Close. Big fucking hit on the Frostlass. North Morgy Borgies for your Frostlass. It's sleepy sleep time. Uh, okay. So right. Everybody is then going to take six dark damage for falling asleep around Darkrai. On top of well, we just of damage. Because of his Oh he's got bad dreams. Ability, bad dreams. Yeah. Oh my god. Sig just laughs. He just laughs. I can imagine Freud is still just laughing as well. Yeah, Freud doesn't even care. She just thinks this is hilarious. Chuck's absolutely raging at Sig, like them laughing in the face of them shouts, How dare you? How dare you use Pokemon like they're slaves? And then Close his eyes, are trying to reach out to Rowdy, not through words, urging him to wake up. That's a natural 19. Wake up. Wake, wake fuck, fuck up. up. <laughs> but Rowdy's eyes don't open, and he's gone, gone back to his traditional fighting stance. Well, he's drunk and fighting. Drunk and master. Drunk and capoeira, finger-gunning Lucario. <laughs> Chuck's and Lucario's eyes are still both closed, and they start to glow a faint baby blue. If you're using the Dulux color chart, maybe new duck egg as they are soul bonded. And Chuck's going to use his professor ability to try and pinpoint some weak points in the Dark Rise armor. Yep. So... Ping, 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 ping. Finds a couple of clinks. Oh, a couple of clinks. Um, also gets plus two to its attacks. And what are all four of its moves? It's got five moves. Right, all five of its moves? Dark Pulse, Dark Void, Dream Eater, Shadow Punch, Ominous Wind. Okay, not a bad matchup for Rowdy. Something that you may notice on Rowdy is not just his floppy ears, <laughs> not just the black things behind his head, but also a long pair of, not sure whether real or not, blue ears <laughs> attached to a headband protruding from it. And Chuck just shouts, come on, everything you've got, huge power, close combat. Ooh. You're gonna be targeting those weak points. That's a 19, I don't think that's gonna do it. That hit. That hit. Boo, come on. So that is gonna do 120 fighting damage, all in all. That is a big hit. That is a large smack. So Rowdy is... Gives him a little tickle. So Rowdy is a little bit like um, Red Dead Redemption when you're using the like the, Haw the Hawkeye ability or whatever it's called and you like put the little X's on all of the pinpoints that you want to shoot. It's a bit, little bit like that in Rowdy's sort of aura-filled mind. He's seeing the armor and he's seeing like... He's putting a cross under the arm, a cross by his leg, a cross in the neck, and he's just pummeling it with all of the strength that he's got. And Chuck shouts, Chuck shouts, more! As his arm just glows pink. <laughs> Natural 19. Oh, I wish that had been a 20. He's not going to get the huge power because it's only once per. No, it's fine. That's only going to be 19 damage doubled, so 38. You've just done 158 damage. 158 in one turn. And last but not least, <laughs> extreme speed. 
into Rowdy. Rowdy basically like, he almost like moves through Darkrai, but he ends ends around the back of it. But that's because he gets nowhere close to the Darkrai <laughs> with a natural one. Oh no, after all that, he just oh. spent all his energy. Yeah, and it sort of skids to one knee. So Darkrai seems unaffected by this. Wow. <laughs> and he just, he's just there. Yeah. But Sig is a bit taken aback as you start to see some cracks in the armor. Right. Okay, how big are the cracks? Quite big. There are many of them. There are quite a few cracks in the armor. <laughs> I hope so. Chuck turns to Felix at that point and says, see, look, come on. Uh, yes, so Felix nods and is encouraged by what has just happened, that absolute power combo. He turns and shouts at Reptile and Momo as loud as he can, wake up, we need you now. An eight and a 10, so neither of them are gonna wake up. Neither of them are gonna wake up. Oh no, they're in a deep, deep, dream-filled nightmare put in by this dark cry. Then Momo turns and gives a little wink, playing possum almost, as oh. we know, it has poison heal and a toxic ball. Toxic orb on. So seeing the cracks in the armor and highlighting the weak points quite visibly now, Felix shouts to Momo, now get in there, rip some of that armor off, hit it with a fire fang. So I'm gonna fly in, try and take a big bite and a big chunk out of the armor. I'm going to reroll that too. 14, that's better. 24 to hit. That hits. 20 fire damage, which is doubled. 40. On nice. the armor. On the armor. That's a 40. Oh. Okay. So. Is that armor steel? Must be it. Metal. So Momo's able to get out there and almost take the, he's almost take, able to take the dark ride, but a little bit by surprise. And he's able to focus in on one of the big cracks that's formed and heat up the metal with his mouth and kind of take a bit of a chunk. So there's not just a crack there. There's like a hole of sort of on the side of his armor now as well. Felix. Yes. Feels something reaching out to him what's it say it doesn't say anything but it is a presence that somewhere deep inside you you recognize there's something deep inside me there's something <laughs> deep inside you <laughs> it, it, it seems like a dark void but you can you can feel something okay felix doesn't mention anything out loud, but he tries to lock on to that and reach out to it. Right. Sig tells Darkrai to use Dream Eater on Tyranitar. Darkrai complies, and with a 26, it will hit. Is it affected by Psychic? <laughs> but nothing fucking happened. <laughs> yeah, nice. Sometimes you make a mistake. Yeah. And Sig's like, Fuck! <laughs> He's rattled. He's rattled. rattled. We got him on the ropes. Right. Put him in a body bag. Frostlass is asleep. Yes. Yes. I'm on. Luck's turning here. Felix sees what's going on. He looks at Chuck. He's like, come on. We're winning this. We can do this. The momentum is swinging. The pendulum is in our favor. Okay. Chuck looking at this de the dents in this armor says, okay, come on. It's nearly off. It's nearly off. Let's get that armor off. Rowdy, hit it with a bone rush. 25. Yeah, yeah, that hits. So only hits the once, so it does 11 ground damage. Rowdy, cue the jokes, pulls out his blue aura filled bone and just sweeps the foot from underneath the dark cry, just trying to kneecap one of the armor joints. And Rowdy is going to not forget to do his bonuses. Chuck's arm is going to go glow pink and Chuck shouts, All right, one more time, aura sphere. Ooh. Targeting one of the other joints. 22 fighting damage. 
so doubled to 44. Oh, takes it. Oh, oh, oh. how's the armor looking? It must be he's, uh, taking is, some pieces off, no? Armor is a cracking. Felix is kind of he's going to make his way over to physically to Reptile while the Frostlass is asleep and try and like bang on his chest a bit like Reptile, come on, wake up! I need you, buddy. And that nine stays asleep. Yep. This is his last turn, though. I think is it? Uh, they wake up on the next one. No, they've got one more turn. One more turn. Okay. But seeing this, he's like, oh, he's a bit frustrated. He's like, there's something here. I can feel it. Momo, keep chewing on that armor. Hit it with another fire fang. Uh, I'm gonna reroll that. Three. Sixteen. Doesn't hit. Damn. So this time, Momo is a little bit too overconfident, and he tries to bite into it like it's a piece of chocolate, but. <laughs> <laughs> just thinking he can easily melt it away like the last time but he's met with a cold hard resistance of the armor instead sig's panicking seeing the armor get decimated and he shouts for another dark void or a void Darkrai doesn't use dark void instead it just stands still or doesn't move nice okay right frostler Stays asleep for the last Oh my god. Time. Yes. Perfect. So basically, when Arceus comes out, uh, I'm going to have to take it on with an APOP. I'm going to rump it. I'm going to rump it. I'm going to rump it. It's going to rodeo it. it. Bad boy. So Chuck's going to search for the search for the armor's weak points, see if it's um, exposed anything new to it. You can just see more cracks appearing. Nice. So that was with Chuck's professor feet, so he's going to get plus two to attack. Because he's gonna, Rowdy's gonna go in with another close combat. A natural 19. Oh, sorry, that's gonna be a 30 to hit. It's fortune dark cry for 71, <laughs> and it's getting blattered. <laughs> it got a nice dark void off at the start. 29 fighting damage can be doubled to 58. The armor on dark cry just fucking shakes. Yes. yes. <laughs> And as it does, you see this pulse like emanate through Darkrai and feels you feel the pain in your like mind as Darkrai hits the floor as the rest of its energy is sucked out of it. Felix the shatters. Felix hits the floor like in unison, like exactly the same motion, hands on its head, knees first, just screaming out. Ah! Sig looks at Freuda and then looks at Cresselia and just shouts, Cresselia, get in there! And Cresselia jumps into the battle. It's Cresselia, is it a duck? Yeah, kind of. It looks like a good dog, doesn't it? A moon duck. So, one last turn. Reptile's asleep, unless he can break out and wake up now. With a six, he does not. So, he's going to stay asleep, but he's going to wake up on uh, the beginning of the next turn. So, am I back, at, like, am I kind of incapacitated at this point after that pain from the, the dark rye? No, the pain's faded. The pain's faded. Dark rye. It's the death. Yeah. Okay, so, dark rye's KO'd. Felix, bit blurry like kind of when you first wake up from a bad hangover you don't know if you're still drunk or if you're fine or if you're hungover he sort of gets up to his feet sees the reptile still asleep sees the Cresselia there with the armor on and kind of just repeating himself from before he's just oh, momo just fire fang so we're gonna go for a fire fang on this armor again knowing it's worked on the dark grind we're gonna re-roll that five 25 to hit hits 18 fire damage doubles to 30 double to 36 so again a little bit diff more difficult this time for Momo sort of starting off this offensive action on the armor. Doesn't know really where the weak points are. Just goes for 
uh, a bit around its neck where it's sort of the thinnest point thing that you can get his full mouth around it. Frostus wakes up and Freud immediately shouts for it to use a will-o'-wisp on Momo and she fires the will-o'-wisp towards Momo but Momo just moves out the way and instead it hits Cresselia. What's the mic got? in that one. It's a little natty one. I would just love to see it. Do you know what makes that even juicier for me? Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> no, I would have even been able to do it. would have God damn it. <laughs> okay, Griselia's burnt. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. Um, Frostlast then takes Sandstorm damage. Yeah. At 10. And At 10. fucking dies. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm so glad you two have perked up. <laughs> Frost last faints and Freuder. She's she actually gets a little bit scared. She wasn't expecting this to happen at all, and she just looks over towards Acer because he's still about. Yeah. <laughs> he's still around, he's knocking four, about. Four hours later, and he's turned around, he's not even looking at the battle, he's too busy on one of the computers working on something. And Freude just falls backwards. With Sig taking control of Cresselia, there is nothing left. Wee, okie doke. Right, Sig is fucked off that this has come to us. The, the, the thought in the back of my mind is what happens after this fight? Yeah, because no, no, no. <laughs> we'll take the wins where we can get them, I go. Take the wins. We can't work. We, we might not save the world. We might not save the world, but, but we won this fight. Okay. Sig shouts for Cresselia to use Psychic on Lucario. So it will hit with a 28. Except, well, actually, it's got disadvantage because of the last turn of Soul Wand. 18. Hits with an 18. Except. <laughs> Except. <laughs> Rowdy's going to use Detect. Okay. First Detect of the match as well. Yeah. So negates all damage. Sig is starting to lose his mind a little bit. He never thought he would lose, especially after the last time he absolutely came the both of you. Chuck, you're up. Rowdy felt like, felt the sidekick trying to grip his senses a little bit like Spider Sense, whereas there's like a little exclamation mark in the corner of his mind goes off. Manages to avoid it, turns around to the Cresselia, and Chuck shouts, Okay, Aura Sphere, everything you've got! Chuck's arms glowing pink, so he's going to charge it for an action, and then fire it on the second action. So he's going to use both PP that he's got with that. Yep. And so what do we say if he's charged for one turn, it's plus D6. Hold one turn, damage times two, plus one D6. Cool. So that's going to be 38 right. fighting damage. That's going to be halved to... 14. And then Rowdy's going to go with the, ex the extreme speed. Gotta go fast. Gotta go fast for the 23. Pitch. Does go fast. Very fast. 12 for normal damage on that one. Felix, with a now awake reptile, a Lucario sort of pounding away from a bit of a distance, Felix is going to shout out to Tyranitar to get in there and help out the team. Felix's arm is going to glow pink straight away. He's going to go for two actions. Going to go for a night slash with Momo to try and chip away at where he's made the indent with his mouth, and Reptile's going to go for a crunch. Okay. So, firstly, Momo with the night slash. Sort of loop de loops around the Cresselia's neck, dive bombs towards this fairly stationary duck. 
and with a dirty 20, it's uh, that does 17 dark damage. He's doubled to 34. 34. And Reptar is going to go from the other end and sort of with his bigger mouth is going to have a chomp at the main body of the Cresselia. And with a 17. Doesn't hit. Doesn't hit. He's still a bit dozy. He just bounces off. Yeah, he's not able to get into the armor. Cresselia is going to fire off an Aurora Beam at Momo. 25 hit, hit. Cresselia just in front of its beak is just sort of following Momo in the air as it goes in for this massive night slash and as it hits charges up the Sorora beam and just fires it straight at Momo it's going to do 32 ice damage but that's going to be halved and then doubled yeah so th it will take 32 Rowdy is on one knee panting now and the, the blue aura surrounding both him and Chuck fades and dissipates. Chuck and Rowdy open their eyes, look at each other, and Chuck, they have a sort of a very short moment of understanding, and Chuck returns Rowdy to his ball. There's the insane job. Apom, come on out. Of course, some mischief. <laughs> so, Apom comes out with a little, his little red scarf billowing away and just sort of starts running towards the Cresselia. I'm gonna use a double hit as Chuck's arm glows pink and trying to target any weak spots. Really just try and put some more damage on it. First one is a 21. 21. Second one's only a 17. So one hit. This will do 20 normal damage. The A bomb is on top of the Cresselia now, slapping away with its udder. Such a weird thought in my head that it's slapping away with an udder. Felix is going to get his two active party to just go again. Try and break through this armor. Night slash crunch. Try and take out as much of it as possible. The Night Slash first, 21 to hit. Nice. It's so Momo is able to circle round, come back down, hit with a Night Slash for 20 dark damage. Doubled Double to 40. 40. Chuck hears his name called somewhere deep inside of a part of him, the back of his brain, he just hears Chuck. And Reptar is gonna go for a big chomp. Yep. Try and break through the armor this time with a 24 hits 25 dark damage on that crunch double to 50 he was able to get a big chomp uh, the crunch from before that didn't do any damage just sort of made a few indents in the armor and this time reptile was able to get his teeth really in and take out quite a big chunk on the hull of the cresselia again armor is starting to peel away from the cresselia sig fear in his eyes just shouts moonblast just moonblast but Cresselia does nothing. Oh, yes. Boom. You can just see it struggling with itself as the armor starts to peel away. And Chuck can just feel Cresselia's presence in his mind. Chuck feels this almost like this warm glow starting to overcome him. Just ever so slightly, ever so faintly. And Chuck tries to project a voice out there into that void and just, just tries to think, just hang on in there. Get you out of there. We'll get you to safety. Hey, Pom. Double hit again. The 24 and only a 13. 24 hit. And Chuck's arm glows pink once more. 18. Doesn't hit, doesn't hit. But a 22. That'll hit. Nice. So we got two attacks off in the end. Four, so yeah, 42 normal damage. And the rest of the armor. Yes. Yes, A-Bomb. A-Bomb. You're scurrying around. So glad that you brought A-Bomb back. You're doing so, so bit. <laughs> Chuck, here's what he thinks is a as Cresselia hits the floor. Chuck runs over to Cresselia, trying to like cradle her neck. Right, for winning, you're here we go. going to receive 
1.8 million XP. 118,900. But fuck it, we'll just round it up to 119,000 XP. Oh, well, you may as well round it up to 120,000. And at that point, you might as well round it to the nearest no. 200. 100, yeah. 119,000 XP. Jesus Christ. I think he wasn't in that battle at all. So, as the dust settles, Sig and Freude are just almost like fallen on the floor. Darkrai and Cresselia both struggle as the shattered armour that controlled them scatters the area. And you hear a cry of elation and look over to Acer, who is standing by one of the consoles and quickly runs over to the third cylindrical target. Oh no. Fuck. Pushing Felix's down. After all four hours, he's managed to just do it now. Pushing Felix's dad to the ground. A maniacal laughter fills the air, and you feel a warm tingling in your tattoos as your Pokeball starts to vibrate. As you hear a hiss and a loud clink as the tank opens and out floats an armor-covered mutant. Yes! Yes! They're all here! <coughs> God, it's late. <coughs> They're all here. The prophecy is complete. Mew, I order you to call Arceus. And the armor around Mew glows pink, and the air becomes heavy as a loud whooshing sound surrounds you, and a strong wind starts to swell beneath you, you before it is shot out in all directions and a blue light shoots from Mew into the sky above. Oh! Then, from behind you, <gasps> rocks explode from one of the walls surrounding the temple and Takeshi and Dwayne and Flash come crashing sick. through the rubble. Not sick. Oh, that's <laughs> it. Flash lies still and Takeshi and Dwayne stumble to their feet, a Magmortar and Agron in front of them. Keeping his eyes fixed on the hole that he was just pushed through, Takeshi shouts, Sorry to crash the party, this isn't going as planned, and Kai's nowhere to be seen. Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. From out the hole in the wall steps red and blue, a Blastoise and an Arcanine at their side. But suddenly, Darkrai and Cresselia by your side. The feeling that you felt during the end of the battle flowing through you and you both hear Cresselia say, don't worry little ones. And they look at Takeshi and Dwayne before looking at the two of you with a nod and they fly towards their battle. A heavy rush of air snaps your attention back to Mew, who looks up to the sky as a blinding white light fills your vision, and you feel a pressure you have only experienced twice before. Acer yells with elation, he's here. And that's where we're going to end oh. this episode. <laughs> I'm so exhausted. Oh, fuck, 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 fuck.